This episode of Limit Break Radio is made possible by our generous Patreon donors, including Action Pet Lura of Excalibur, Sa Yule of Adamantoys, and Theron Kadeen of Hyperion. Thank you so much for your support. If you want to support Limit Break Radio, visit patreon.com slash limitbreakradio. I don't get it. Ascalia. Holy shit, totally forgot about him. And Mika. Oh my god. Limitbreakradio.com. Five, four, three, two, one! Welcome, everybody, to Limit Break Radio. Uh. You're not a Sound new quality. Oh, shush. <laughs> you just stop right now, okay? <laughs> Things might sound a little bit different today. Uh, we are, of course, without a Nero today, which means that we didn't have access to the official studio. So uh, we have a little bit of a different setup here. Uh, so just bear with us today and, and know that it's still going to be just as awesome. So uh, let's awesome. You juxta awesome. Let's go ahead and kick it on over to the studio. And uh, I would like to now welcome you all to LBR NWO. That is the Limit Break Radio <laughs> New World Order. Oh, yeah. That's right. As you can see, sitting upon my throne made of gilded oak, I assume, is, is me. Your one true master, <laughs> Kahlo Landist. And of course, beside me, my right hand, juxtaposition. And Nika, where I'm are on, you? I'm on my way. No, I'm, where are I'm you? I'm sorry, I was in Africa capturing soldiers um, as Big Boss, and mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm here now. You see? See, we give you, in the New World Order, the prestigious and often coveted role of the new intern. And this is how you, uh, this is how you behave? <laughs> Terrible. Uh, Your first day on the job and you can't even show up on time. You at least better have donuts and coffee. I have Panera. Panera's awful. Bread. You have (laughs) bread. I have sandwiches and soup. Oh my gosh. Juxta, I'm going to need you to deal with this. All right. well, actually, I would I would go over there and slap her across the face, but she's not even here. She's not even here. So, I'm here. I'm at the door. Knock, knock. Uh, All right. Well, promotes uh, my wind up Tataru to intern status. Okay, wind up Tataru is a better intern is than dump truck hands Femro Nika. So we have a. Uh, let's see. How does the, how does the studio look today? Oh, it's pretty pretty. Not very full actually. We have a few people over there. It's on one side of the room. Is the other? It's hard. It's hard for me to see because when I turn the camera behind me, I'm so small. You guys and the chair is just in the way. (laughs) (laughs) But of course, we do have Kooky and Fair Bear and a few other people here today. So, so we're gonna see how this goes, which is awesome because we don't need a Nero. Um, also today we are we're also missing out on Escalia again. Um, he does send his best wishes to everyone. He is dealing with that thing that we all like to refer to as real life. 
So the uh, end boss. The end boss. That's right. Um, but he does send his best wishes. He misses everyone, and he's going to be back with us as soon as he can. Now I've been getting. <laughs> yeah, I've been getting a. Uh, uh, and actually, you know what? Where where is the Nero actually? Not here the, the this week. You want to know where he's at? He's, he's off having. Out. Yeah, rocking out, quote unquote, <laughs> having fun. At, uh, at Riot Fest or some such. Um, Who's allowed to have fun, not him. Yeah, right? We're the ones that are supposed to have fun. But no, now I have to step up. I have to be the boss. I have to be... Have to do work. You're telling me you don't like it. Do work and and not, not have fun. I get to be the mean one now. I have to give everyone their daily dose of salt. <laughs> so that's what you all have for to look forward to. And Nero's out there with all his little punk rock friends and hanging out with big burly tattooed bikers with beards, I assume. <laughs> cool. Ooh. Have fun in Nero. What, you I like big tattooed burly guys with beards? No, well I'm uh I'm not a biker, but I'm I'm one of I, I want to be a uh, a tattooed man. Big fat tattoo guy. Uh do you guys remember how I was uh talking about that tattoo I wanted before? No. Uh, no. The legacy tattoo. Oh, oh. Why? Why did you gonna get one of those? You're yes, not. You're not even one. a real legacy member. Uh, I have the tattoo I on my back. Right I don't now. care if you have the tattoo on your back. You're not real legacy. I was. I was a character in in the in the 1.0, and that counts. Um, I tell you what. If you can find your name. On the credits where it's scrolling and it shows all legacy players. Oh, that doesn't even count. If you can, name isn't on there, so it doesn't My matter. name's there. Is if it? You, I didn't see it. <laughs> if it you can there. find your name on there, I will. I will. I will agree that you are a legacy person. But until then, you are a fake legacy person who did nothing but kill mole rats or some such stupid thing. Star marmots and Star marmots. the population was swelling. Thank you very much. Well, congratulations for fixing our star marmot problem. You're welcome. All right. All raw. <laughs> Moving on. We've, we've been getting quite a few uh, emails and messages and stuff uh, asking what our topic for this week is going to be. Do we not have any news? Do we not? I don't think. Yeah, there's has, no news. I don't think there is no news. No. Show again. That's yeah. all. And it's not even here yet. Yep. Pretty much. Um, so we, we just. Holds. No news. Just waiting on the Tokyo, yeah, the Tokyo show at this point. Hopefully uh, we'll get a date for 3.1. That's, you know. I'm surprised at this point we haven't. I mean, how long has, has Heaven's Ward been out? It's nearing the three-month mark, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, in three months, that's, that's supposed to be their plan, a patch every three months, so. I, I think they're taking so long to get a real patch out because they want everyone to, like, get super caught up on all, like, the story and get everyone level 60 and... That's why it's taking a little bit longer than three months to get this 3.1 patch out. Well, here's another question, too, because Alexander, usually that type of thing would have been reserved for a patch. So because we got a big chunk of content like that, the question is, do we allow them a little bit longer in that three-month period for the patch, since that's like a little bit of a supplement? Oh, gosh, you know, I really uh, hope, hope not. No, because they only release stuff like that every other patch. So this, I mean, they've already said their 24-man one's coming this time around, so I don't think that that matters. So, so Alexander is sort of just like part of like the initial sort of expansion release, then. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it yeah. was like that in 1.0 when uh, when Coil came out right at the start, right? 
Was it not part of 2.1? It was like 2.01 or whatever? I think it was out there right to start. Uh, Actually, I think it was. I don't know. I didn't get into it right away, so I'm not sure. Oh, well, yeah. All right, well, hopefully, uh, yeah, we do get that at Tokyo Game Show. I really hope it's a lot more eventful than uh, than PAX was for, for Square Enix. Um, but moving on to what our episode is today, it's, it's kind of a special one uh, in a way. I know that before we've, we've done uh, with the... The Raid Anxiety episode, that was that was a, an episode and a topic that was spawned from an email that someone sent, and we thought, oh, cool, this, this would make for a really good episode. And this one here is actually the same way. We are calling this episode the Tinfoil Hat Conspiracy Episode. What you're about to hear in today's episode, there isn't much truth to it, if anything at all. Basically, what we're going to be doing is is sort of making our own predictions and our own theories about what Square Enix could at any point put in the game and how it might come to be. And I'm going to read you the email that we got so that uh, so that you can kind of see where this where this spawned from. All right. So the email starts. First of all, let me say that I love LBR. I started listening just after 2.0 launched and even ran into a Nero and Nika at FanFest, which was awesome. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I watched Nika wipe to Leviathan single tank, I think. Oh, Nika. Yeah, that happened. Yeah, yeah. That happened. <laughs> tisk, tisk, tisk. <laughs> Terrible. I bet you were a paladin, weren't you? I was. <laughs> yeah. Your show makes the commute fantastic. Actually, no, let me tell you. We had a Dragoon off. Oh, okay. Oh, oh. It wasn't that bad, but right. people kept getting hit by stuff, so we died. It, Blame it on the Dragoon it tank. It, yes. No, it wasn't even the Dragoon. That, Everyone just, just got knocked off. It happened. It was the Paladin. We're, mo- we're moving on. Moving on. Dragoon <laughs> tank. That, that, yeah, that sounds like it's for real. It works okay. as an off tank. For Leviathan, try it sometime. Okay, I will try it sometime. Your show makes the commute fantastic and gets me hyped to play when I get home. Like some of you, my first MMO was Final Fantasy XI. I wasn't very hardcore. I got one or two jobs to 75, Beastmaster for life, and then stopped around Wings the Goddess. I played the 14 1.0 beta but never subbed, as I was waiting for the console version. Started 14 during the 2.0 PS3 beta and have never looked back. I have never been so engaged with a game. With the weekly shows, I love the variety of topics that you are covering lately. I love the Salt episode and the Fallout episode after. I also love the discussion shows, which I feel is the strength of your show. Hearing adults that may disagree, <laughs> always disagree, discuss the game is interesting and engaging. The episode idea plays on exactly those strengths. Personally, I really like to game craft on FF14 and come up with fun ways that things could happen, or new mechanics, dungeons, raids, jobs, activities, quests, minigames, etc. that SC could add. There's a decent community of people that do the same. Unfortunately, there isn't really a specific place to do this. It somewhat happens on the official forums, but there isn't a specific place for it. So it mostly ends up in website suggestions section. So it probably doesn't get a lot of eyes on it, and what exists is mostly discussed in the micro-community there. There is a Reddit, but because the subreddit includes hardcore and casual, first time in long time, legacy and non-legacy, teenagers and adults, inevitably any ideas, good or bad, gets downvoted to hell, because it isn't a funny screenshot of something that happened in-game or news about new content. Anyway, I like to keep my eye on this stuff, and I feel like it's fun to discuss, as well as pick apart other ideas and help build up an interesting concept. I feel like it would be fun for a show to assign people a side of the debate, and have the two sides fight it out. Let Juxta Nero shit all over the idea. Let Kalo, Nika, and Escalia defend it. It would be interesting to hear different sides of each. 
That may just happen naturally through organic discussion, but may be interesting in a debate-off type forum. And this email comes from Po Rangatang of Gilgamesh. So that's what we're going to do today. Uh, basically, this email had a whole bunch of different ideas of different things that we could talk about. And I just took all of those things, turned it into a show outline, and today, <laughs> me, my right hand, juxtaposition, and our intern, or ex-intern, as she's been fired, what? not even 20 what? minutes into the show. When have I been demoted show. to intern? What? When, when our Lord demoted? and Savior, no. Paolo Landis, became, uh, became head of the LBR estate. We, we promoted you. You were just like ephemero before, and now you're the intern. <laughs> oh, man. We're even going to pay for, you, for a Fantasia for you, so you can just get out of that terrible, terrible skin. I, I don't even know what to say to that. Uh, a thank say you thank would be you. nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I will abstain from, from anything. And I'm afraid that's why you were fired. All hail intern Tataru, the minion. Good job. So that's what we're going to do today. We are going to talk about, similar to how we kind of had a brief on the last episode, we uh, briefly touched upon how we thought blue might work in the game. We're going to go through a whole bunch of different stuff, things like that, and, and basically theorycraft, in a way, about how these different instances, these different events or dungeon ideas or jobs could work within Final Fantasy XIV. Are you guys excited? I'm excited. I'm so excited. Hopefully, we can hold the fort for our missing two members. We can totally I hold think the we fort can. for those two. Like I said, I'm going to try and bring as Although much salt as I can. Although you're half the person you used to be as a Lollafell, so... <laughs> oh! Oh! Oh, that was... Oh! Just, just saying. That was did, did Nika just bring the jokes? Maybe. <laughs> I think, I've got to step it up, too. Oh, my... You know what? <laughs> Round of applause. Round oh, of applause. Yeah. It's only taken her a little over a year and 30 episodes <laughs> to finally come up with a proper burn. That's great. Thank you, thank you. I am thank so you. proud of you. I'm tell, going on tour next week, thank you. Tell Senpai that was a good one. I'm sure that he was whispering in your ear. <laughs> Actually, he's, he's playing Metal Gear and he can't really hear me, so. Mm. All right. All right, so first on the list, and this is something I think we've briefly touched upon a little bit before, and it was something that was originally in the, the 1.0 concept, and that was how could Disciples of the Hand and Land be utilized in combat situations? First of all, when I first heard about this when 1.0 came out, I'm sorry. It's dumb. That, that's, that's just the stupidest you, you idea. You start out as a, as a disciple of the hand. Like, your starting job you could pick, like, minor. That's so stupid, though. Like, like, like come on. When you want to go out into the field and kill and slaughter stuff, you want to do it as a warrior with a giant fucking axe. You want to do it as a black mage, searing and burning things to a crisp. You don't want to walk out with a fucking pick and rocks or fucking gardening shears and take on star marmots all right i'm sorry Square it was hilarious I, w I actually tried doing some of the cutscenes as like a i think it was either a mi yeah it was definitely a minor and you added an option instead of auto attack to throw a stone Why? <laughs> it was so they, they allowed you to do combat with with those classes and since you could start it then they had to provide something but i mean i tried one of the first story missions i think as a miner and you throw a stone it did like one damage or something and then you just die that's okay. so terrible <laughs> okay now they could have made this work all right you didn't even take your pickaxe and hit him with it no you literally threw stones all right, all right juxta how, how, how do you think this could work they could have had 
the hand and land jobs as like the support role in eleven. They could have had like uh, like the armorer go over to the tank and give him like like repair his gear mid combat and give him like a buff. Okay, but how like, lo- how often do you think you have to do that in combat? I mean, how how often do you actually repair your gear? Well, he's saying it, it would give an extra buff if you did that. It would be like yeah. a like a quote unquote repair where you go up to him and be like, "I'm going to strengthen your armor for five minutes and make you tougher or something." Okay, so do you want to be that guy who comes into the raid and and has one move that he does per battle? Well, no, they'd obviously <laughs> flesh it out. So maybe like uh, all the armorers would be like all about making you have, like, better defensive buffs, and then the gem, uh, the goldsmith would, like, enhance your um, attack capabilities because it makes your armor shinier or some bullshit. And then, like, mid-dungeon, you could have, like, nodes that they could go and, like, mine from, and then it make, uh, I don't know, like, have, like, a different, uh, like, it would... Uh, open up the instance. You could like go into like secret areas to fight secret bosses or some bullshit. You know they could have made it work. Okay, that's the thing is they could have made it work. It could have been Maybe. like a five party setup with one support, which is one hand or land, and then that whatever you put in that slot like would enhance you somewhat further. You know the key term in your whole little spiel right there is bullshit because that's <laughs> what this idea is. Okay, I, mean, I think. If okay, if if our game had the big giant like free company type of content, you know, in eleven, how you would have multiple alliances of people, and if one alliance died, you throw the next alliance. I think if you had a, a regular alliance of DPS and tanks and healers fighting this boss, you could have a whole alliance of crafting classes, and that you would swap in those alliances of crafting classes that like buff the party and then swap them out. But I don't. Th- I mean, those people wouldn't get very much excitement from that because no, no. I mean they would just kind of be waiting there on the sidelines. But it would really only work in a situation where you would have like a ton of people there, and there would be some people there to help. I don't oh, no, think. No, no, no. Here, here's what they could do. They could de- design an entire event around it, and you have your standard eight-man setup for fighting the monsters. Then you have your hand and land people, and. It's like salvage, where like all your gear is stripped. So you have your main alliance trying to protect the gatherers, and they have to gather special materials, and then they give the materials to the crafters. Oh my the crafters god! Craft, they craft the gear for you in the in the in the event dungeon, and then and then you can actually have uh, hand and land people in the end game dungeon, and then they'd have a point. And then they would only have a point for you the first 10 or 15 minutes of it. Because once you have your gear, you're like, bye, Felicia. And you run off to do your attacking <laughs> stuff. Or, well, what if, okay, what if instead of having to actually be on that class, if you have a class at 60, or say if you're a specialist, if you have a class at 60 and you're a specialist, you can, as, say, a, a white mage, in your offhand for a certain amount of time, you can equip that tool and you can add a little buff. To your party only if you're a specialist at 60 and so instead of switching classes you equip it as like a sub thing now see that's actually something that we got an email on a previous episode about and we fleshed out a little bit but i think if you want to involve crafting classes and gathering classes in some type of end game capacity that's the way you need to go about it instead of it just being you know straight up you come as a weaver or you come as a carpenter as long as you have them at max level like you said as a specialist you get bonuses 
out in the in in combat fields as those things. The email that we got actually mentioned, like for example, let's say that you're fighting Titan and you happen to be a specialist in minor. You actually get a special cross class ability that helps you do something to Titan. You know, whether it's like you know weaken oh, him cool. substantially or or something like that. And I think if each of those different crafting classes or specialists gave some type of combat cross class ability. That I think would be really cool. No, no, that no, that is a neat idea. No, it's a terrible because now everyone is forced to level a crafting class. Oh, not and forced. People, you know, they do. <laughs> if you don't have this good cr- cross class skill, then you're a gimp, and then you have to have someone donate to Patreon to no. force up level <laughs> to get from. Actually, no. I think this allows for a good type of um, customization within your jobs. Yes. It, rather no, it than. Listen, listen, listen. Say you have a static eight-man group. Each you're going to try to plan it out so that everyone in your group levels a different, uh, like a different specialist craft or a different hand, uh, hand or land job. So that way each person can level pick, that. pick their favorite, and then you'll have that cross class. And it won't really matter if it's the paladin or if it's the white major, whoever that has that ability, as long as somebody has it, and you kind of spread it out amongst your group based on what you like. And so that way, not everyone's exactly the same. You can kind of choose, and it's probably the first idea of customization you'd actually have in this. Yeah. Game. Yeah, and this this makes a lot more sense than your idea, Juxta, of having, you know, uh, the regular party like you do and then putting in one hand or land class because then you're queuing. Instead of waiting an hour for a tank or a healer, you're waiting an hour for a fucking miner because nobody wants to play those damn things. Yeah, and as long as they make the cross-class abilities for every single job good and it's not like, oh, the armorer one sucks, you got to do blacksmith. As long as they're all worth it in some capacity, yeah, everyone's going to feel like they have to level at least three to specialize, but I feel like it won't really matter which three because they're all going to be worth it and so you know they'll have to pick up someone be like oh which specialist ones do you have you have those three awesome and i think as long as they're they're all equally good and they balance it properly i think it could allow for a lot of fun choices no because this is going to be stupid because i don't want to level a crafting class to make my combat class better because leveling crafting classes is so fucking hard juxta all you have to have is have it at 60 for the cross class yeah what level is your is your crafting class i had right everything to 50 and once okay, i actually 50 get up now what is it what uh, okay but it's then? not hard to do all i have to do is go to our no. beneficiary and be like here make me these things in high quality <laughs> so that i can turn them in who doesn't have a beneficiary um it, well they need to not, get good yeah, all you have to do is do your daily turn-ins at your grand company every single day like i have one level 60 that i focus that on too everything else is level 53 just from and i haven't done it in a long time but just turning in every single day i've gotten to 53 or 52 on everything at least i mean it's not hard to do no so if you actually if you actually you don't look have into to actually gear it you just have to be at the level for the cross right ability. if you actually look into and research how to level not just through making shit because if you just sit there and try and craft all day long yeah it's Leave gonna take grand you a company. while it's super easy that's right oh it's also so the, fucking the, easy. the land classes the the leaves for minor and botanist are super easy I play you can, this game, you can game to kill monsters, that. not to mine shit so I can maybe do a thing to Titan. That's dumb. Your face is dumb. See, my idea makes sense because the people who actually want to level minor or whatever awful thing I have now, <laughs> they can do that. And it could be even an optional thing. So if you don't have that fifth slot, you can just go in anyway because you don't need it, but it's a nice little benefit. So everyone just goes in without that fifth slot because crafters are terrible. Well, there you go. But now the option exists. <laughs> At least the option is there. Alright, as as a separate sort of like new event, 
I could possibly maybe see that working, but I also think, like Nika said, our idea would finally allow for some type of further customization among jobs. So when you're looking for, let's say you want a Dragoon, for whatever fucking reason, you want a Dragoon to be in your party, all right? Dragoons are good. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Nika, (laughs) you're silly. You know, it's no longer just like, all right, out of these two Dragoons, which one has the better gear? Because that's essentially what it comes down to all, 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 thing, all, all other things being equal. But at this point now, maybe instead of just, oh, we need a Dragoon, you know, we need, we need someone who has the, the, minor, the minor ability, right? So it, it allows you... So now we need a Dragoon Miner? No, but you that can have anyone. Terrible. No, no, because if you already have someone in your party that has the minor ability, it allows for someone else. Oh, this Dragoon also has this other ability. Let's get him. I think they would, it would require a lot of balance between the cross-class abilities, where if, say, that minor one was really, really good then you know but then again if it is situational like the minor one is good against titan you're going to want at least one person with the minor ability and it doesn't matter what job it is so maybe that would make people want to take you know oh this paladin has a minor ability it doesn't we don't need a warrior we can take the paladin because he has the minor ability but no one ever (laughs) but you know what i mean it allows for a little bit more customization based on what you like and based on the situation which there's not a lot of situational things in this game and it won't be based on your job necessarily because that you can still come even if you don't have that ability but it's like an extra help if you do have it word they, they do need more customization in this game that's for sure you know what nika I like to cut of your jib. I'm promoting you back to intern status. Oh, thank you. You're very welcome. We'll talk about the whole you changing your look thing later because that's kind of a stipulation on it. But don't don't worry about that. We'll All get right, to I that. can go sexy. Wind what? up Tataru has. Uh, oh, jeez. <laughs> Put your clothes back on. <laughs> Put your clothes like, back on. Why do you have like what is with the arms? Like what? Oh, like, I got Alexander arms and I haven't glamoured them or, before. <laughs> or the legs? Like, why are you wearing those legs? That, I, that's based it, I base it on a Monster Hunter gear set and they have, like, these cool, like... like oh leggings. my gosh. Alright, moving on. <laughs> what else do we have here? Those, those legs look like something that Crocs would make. They're terrible. Actually, they're the high-level, um, the... I think they're the high-level, like, land class, or... Yeah, the land class high-level piece. They're cool. Terrible. Awful. So, okay... That's that's your crafter episode right there, guys. That's as good as you're gonna get from Limit Break Radio. Enjoy your crafting episode, yeah. which only came to fruition because a neuro isn't here. Fruition. <laughs> fruition. 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 Uh, Goku Star Seven wants to know why that man is wearing a bra. Oh. <laughs> it's because man, it's the so second make a heart for you. No, it's naked dude second. on the stream reporting. It's the, the femur is really dumb, though. Look at it. <laughs> Those <laughs> legs are anything but high level. <laughs> oh man! Hey, no, you guys it's, are it's harsh. It's the second gen uh, road again race. Uh, the first one is male, obviously, and then the second one is male with boobs. So, Nika uh, <laughs> is the man. Boobs, Except look at my face. I am quite a feminine-faced Rogadin. There are some female Rogadins that have more of the, the stronger jaw and more masculine-looking features, but my mine is very pretty. Okay, look. We did a crafter episode now. We are not doing a femro episode. I cannot deal with oh. both of those things in one episode. Okay? Next time. All right. So moving on to our next... I'm in charge, and I'm going to to throw this one in there. Moving on to our next uh, game crafting, as as Poe Rangatang uh, uh, put it. 
this is probably the one that we're going to get the most uh, the most mileage out of. And like I said, we did a little bit last time talking about Blue and Red and Sam. But how could Blank Job work in Final Fantasy XIV? We talked mostly about Blue last time. And, and we kind of mentioned a little bit like how where Red Mage and Samurai might fit into the hierarchy. But... I've been thinking a lot about Samurai as a tank, especially considering how right now, between Dark Knight, Warrior, and Paladin, they all play very, very similarly, and obviously, you know, the whole Paladin fiasco, lagging behind, they need buffs, blah, 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 whatever. Nika, how, if Samurai was introduced as a tank, how do you see them fitting in to that paradigm? I have been saying forever, which is what I thought they were going to do with Dark Knight, that they were going to change the way that parry scales and make it a parry tank. But they would actually have to do a major overhaul of the parry system right now. Because I think, I mean, with a huge-ass sword like that, you could parry everything, and I think that would be sweet. Didn't they already change the way parry worked a little bit with Heaven's Ward? I, sort of. They change, well, they changed the way that the damage reduction works on parry and shield blocking, but they didn't really change the way that scales as a... Um, a, a stat on your gear so if you have so much like parry plus 30 or whatever it doesn't scale as highly as like strength plus 30 would so it's it's not that's why nobody uses parry as a skill on your gear because it's not good uh just as a really quick aside uh razorclaw 99 asked i should have i should have mentioned this at the beginning of the show too if we were taking calls today uh due to the nature of our current setup uh we are not going to be able to take calls today which really really sucks i know this would have been a really really awesome uh a really awesome topic for people to call into so we really, really encourage everyone who has anything to say on any of these topics, please email us, hosts at LimitBreakRadio.com. We really want to hear you know, everything that you have to say about this, any of your kinds of ideas, and uh, go ahead and send those emails in, and uh, hopefully on the next show or maybe the next two shows, because I definitely foresee a lot of emails coming in uh, regarding these topics, send those in, and we will be sure to get to your emails. But again, we apologize for not being able to take calls this week, because we're out of the studio we have a very, very, very low-tech setup that we're using right now compared to what uh, compared to what we are normally doing. But yes, absolutely, you can try and ask questions uh, uh, in the chat, and if we happen to catch them, we'll make sure they get read on air. And yes, Carletta, there will be no Rob from New York this week. We apologize. So, all right. So, Samurai as as a parry take. Uh, conceptually, though, that's that's really the same thing as as just blocking. It's just parrying instead of it. What kind of mechanics do you see Samurai using? I don't know. Okay, so let's think. Back in 11, they had Third Eye. They could do something like that since Ninja was also like the blink tank, and we don't have an evasion, um, avoiding damage type of tank in this game. So they could do something along the lines of Third Eye, but I feel like Samurai is not really known for its evasion. Yeah, that doesn't really fit in so, thematically with And since they didn't the make Ninja a tank... I, I, I honestly think at this point, when they were talking about choosing Samurai and or Dark Knight for the tank, and they chose Dark Knight, I honestly think at this point, if they put in Samurai, it's going to end up as a DPS. You think no. so? No. I do. I'll put money on that. If Samurai ever becomes a job, it's going to be a tank. You think so? I'll put m I mean, I know we talked about if they released Samurai, Blue Mage, and Red Mage as the trio, it would make sense for Red Mage to be the healer, Blue Mage to be the DPS, Samurai to be the tank, but I don't know if they're going to do it that way. No, okay, think of it this way. Yoshi said that it was Under the Wire versus Dark Knight versus Samurai, and the reason Samurai didn't get in was because Dark Knight made it in. So that, to me, 
puts in like big, big neon flashing letters that Samurai was going to be a tank if Knight wasn't the tank. But because Dark Knight got to be the tank, that means that there was no room for Samurai because they always uh, envisioned Samurai as a tank. That's my thought. All right, all right. First of all, Juxta, how much money are you willing to put on this bet? Uh, how much money is uh, Nika willing to put on this bet? Nika? Hmm, well, trying to, let's see. Do we have to do money? We can think of something else. You can do guilt. We can think of something for the show. Something for the show. Like, me and Aniro have that bet where we have to sing if, if we lose. <laughs> me and Jexa can, can have a, a go-off against the, what Samurai is going to be when it's implemented in the game. I don't know what the wager will be, but... Not gill. You guys have a bajillion gill. I don't have that much gill. <laughs> I only have like 3.8 mil. That's it? Yeah, my be- beneficiary hasn't really been uh, giving me much. Oh, I'm up to like I 7. haven't really 8. been asking either, so. Yeah. Well, I don't know. We can think about that. But I am wondering, though, you do have a good point. If Samurai was a DPS, what other jobs could they put in as a tank? Well, I personally, I'm going to have to go with Jux on this. I also think that if they put Samurai in, it's going to be a tank. And where I think that it could fit in the paradigm, if they want to do something something cool and different with it, uh, and actually, Silias uh, 8, uh, I think their name was from the chat, uh, asked this. I think that instead of blink tanking as like, oh, I'm dodging, and, and, and you're missing, I think that they could do more as a counterattack. So go on your idea that mm. they're a parry tank, right? But mm-hmm. give them a chance or abilities, and this is what could, where, where, where their DPS could come from, and figuring out how to use these abilities effectively, I think would, would also be very interesting. But whenever you parry, you have a chance to counterattack back, either you know just doing whatever you know your your normal damage would be for those, or doing a percentage type damage back based on how much uh, damage you were able to parry. Thoughts? Hmm. That's an interesting idea. Well, do we have any kind of retaliate ability in the game right now? I think Um, something like that. Vengeance. Warrior has a warrior has a buff that when you get attacked for as much as long as the buff uh, lasts, it does like a pulse back to the enemy and hurts them. Um, but other than that, I don't think we have yeah. anything. Yeah, so I think that that would be really cool. I think I think the idea of of parrying and counterattacking is is something that we don't have in the game yet. And obviously, throughout Final Fantasy history, you know, re- uh, uh, the retaliate counterattack abilities is something that's normally attributed to samurais. Is it not? Now, how are they going to fit? My question is, how are they going to fit uh, the gill toss ability into Samurai? Because <laughs> that's what I picture when I hear Samurai. I just think uh, of Samurai just throwing tons and tons of money at the problem. That's a terrible yeah, that's idea. That's never been a good move in any game. That's no, exactly. no. Final Fantasy V, bitch! What up? What up? Okay, okay. <laughs> um... The other thing that, that I was thinking of, because samurai is you know one of those sort of uh, Middle Eastern themed um, jobs, just like just like ninja or just like monk is, and with the way that they've recently changed monks' uh, grease lightning stacks to work as a sort of resource, I could also see them maybe working something similar to that into samurai. What do you mean? Well, uh, as you get Grease Lightning stacks up on Monk, you can now do certain moves that, that consume your Grease Lightning stacks to, to like do more damage or, or to do additional effects, right? Um, you have one move like that. Oh, is um, there just or, one? Really? Yeah, it, it's kind of like um, 
how warriors is when you get a stack of five you can then like use a move or whatever to get rid oh. of it so monks really is only something you want to use at the very end of a boss fight or you know you're going to lose your stacks anyway they're like at the end of a pull and what it does is it does a really big sweet move where you flip off of the enemy you lose all of your stacks and you do a shit ton of damage how often do you use that you use it at the if you remember like when the enemy's at one percent you'll use it it's like it's like it's kind of like a little extra two thousand damage boost that you'll get if you know you're going to lose your stack so like in alexander if you know it's about to jump and fly in the air and you're going to lose your stacks you try to get it in before it jumps that kind of thing that is terribly underwhelming like yeah, that I mean, that's really all cool monk move. got we, for the expansion I mean, no, but the thing is, they increase Grease Lightning damage and critical hit and stuff, so you can do more damage as you get more Grease Lightning stacks. Right, but, but that's all just so... Abilities, that's all just so so static and, like, normal. Like, like nothing really changed about the way that their... their rotation really works then? Like, you're really just the same monk? Um, yeah, although when they did the Grease Lightning buff, they added a couple more seconds on, which mm -hmm. has made all of the difference in the way the monks played, because so often you're trying to rush back and, you know, after doing a mechanic, and you hit the boss, and you, like, miss keeping your stacks by one second. So that kind of thing was, was a good boost, but in terms of abilities and things, no, you all, like, a monk always wants their stacks on at all times. You well, never want them to drop. obviously, you don't necessarily, if the only ability you have is to take all of them away, then yeah, that's going to be a huge DPS loss, but I feel like Square Enix, you know, could really go a lot further with this or really missed out on, on giving monks more interesting mechanics if you had other moves or were able to apply different buffs to yourself by consuming one or two stacks. If they made those worth it, I think that that could have made the job a lot more that interesting. That would be cool. Yeah, well, all right, since they haven't done that with Monk yet, maybe that's something they could give to Samurai. Maybe Samurai has some type of, you know, focus or, or like, you know, they have their third eye ability, right? Maybe they have some type of buff or or resource that they have to build on throughout. Like, you know, every time they, they parry and it delivers a counterattack, it gives them one of these resources. And they use those in a way to increase damage or increase their defense or use those for their cooldowns. That could be something that I think would be really unique and, and definitely new within the tank hierarchy. Let's just call it what it is. They're going to give... Samurai mudras, they're gonna staple two our two katanas together to make a big katana and they're gonna call that a tank. That's gonna be that's gonna be samurai, it's just a ninja. With two katanas stapled together. Stapled together. Yeah. <laughs> Duct taped. Double bladed. Would it be a double bladed great katana? Oh no, because that'd be really cool. So samurais can't have the double blade. Because we want them. Well because yeah, they should have they No, should I think it'd be job. cool to give Dragoon a double bladed lance though. That would be cool. We're not talking about Dragoons. Dragoons are dumb. <laughs> dragoons don't get anything cool. No. See, dragoons are one of the most complicated jobs in this game, though. Ah, V. Musoa has mentioned that they could repurpose Zanshin for this buff system you're talking about. Oh. Yeah. Right, Zanshin was the pair... What was that? How did that work? It was, it was a, like parry, a parry counterattack the... thingy, wasn't it? Yeah, I'm trying to remember how it worked because I remember every time it went off, I'd go Zenshin, but I can't, I can't remember how. It worked. Yeah, so it's it's not like it's not like there isn't any kind of precedence for for mechanics that are based around this kind of system because in fact at the end of eleven, um, or at some point in eleven, people were starting to utilize uh, what was it was it like samurai nins as 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 tanks, keeping hate through like sheer DPS, weren't they? 
Uh, or am I imagining so that? So I think in some instances or like in parties you could do that. I don't think anyone did that in Endgame necessarily. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, Zanshin was if you missed an attack, you would have a chance to attack back again. But the thing is, is that in this game, if you miss at all, that means your accuracy is too low. Yeah. So th this game doesn't have the RNG of missing, thank God. Um, <laughs> that would that would make the DPS checks even harder. But if you have enough accuracy for that that fight, you're never going to miss. So they would have to repurpose Zanshin in a different way, I think. So would you prefer to see Samurai as a DPS and as a tank, Nika? You know, I've been, I don't know, because I've been saying that the only job that would ever get me to switch off of Paladin would be Samurai if it came to the game. And but honestly, I don't, I don't know if I care which one, if it was a DPS or, or a tank. Because if it's a tank, great, then I can keep the same role in my party. But if not, like, I, I've loved doing damage as a Samurai in Eleven, and I'm sure I would love it here. I was going to say, I feel like you would want it to be a tank more than a DPS, because you're obviously one of the, one of the prime tanks for, for your, your, your raid static. And if yep. Sam came out, I don't think that you would get to play it as often as what you'd like to in an endgame instance, because then you're taking away one of the like, primary roles that you need for a raid. Yeah, especially because the only other person in our group that wants the tank would be a healer, and I really doubt Samurai would be a healer, so... Yeah. <laughs> I don't think we have any DPS in our group that would want to be a tank, so... so. Yeah, I, I, hope, I hope in that case, for, for your sake, that when Sam does come out, it is a tank. Otherwise, I don't think you'll be seeing much of it in endgame raiding, unless, like you said, you can convince somebody else to to step up and do the but, tanking. Right, but I don't think we're going to see Samurai before 4.0. No. So in, in that case, I mean, what my raid group did last time is when 3.0 jobs were announced, we all kind of said what we were interested in maybe switching to and then seeing who would switch around. Because actually, one of our, our deep, we had a DPS switch to a tank and our tank switched to a DPS. So we just kind of talked about what we'd want to do. So I think if that happened, if they did release Red Mage and Blue Mage, I'm sure we would have some people who would want to switch to those two. And so in the end, I might, you know, it might still work out. But, I mean, it depends, too, because you're right, though. I can't think of any other job that would be a tank that anyone else might want to switch to. Like, some people were saying in the chat that they'd like to see a light armor tank like a dancer. But I don't know. Could a dancer as be a tank? tank? I, oh, I don't, I don't know, know about that. No, I can see dancer as a tank. I mean, because Dancer was a great soloer in Eleven if they subbed Ninja and they had all the blinking and things like that and the support. Yeah, but, but th th thematically, a dancer as a tank, that's just that's so dumb. No, because, okay, here's how it works. Dancer grabs all the aggro from, uh, from bad guys because they're dancing, they're doing flashy moves, they're being a general annoyance, so all the monsters want to hit that person, and they keep themselves alive through uh, evasion-y moves where they don't get hit, and then when they do get hit, they heal it back off, and so they're like an evasion hybrid healer tank which is what uh, Paladin should have been, like, a healer tank, but they kind of dropped the ball on that. Yeah, I agree. So uh, I, think, I think Dancer has room to be a tank through mechanics, but I don't think, I don't think we have much hope for a Dancer. Yeah, Dancer would probably be, since we don't have a support class role in this game, we would probably end up as a healer. Like a, me a melee range sort of healer, which is actually uh, Satori. Which is interesting. Is, uh, uh, yeah, Satori was actually the one who, who posited this idea to us would be a melee range healer, which is essentially how they were in Final Fantasy XI. Well, actually, I don't know if I agree with it being a melee, though, because uh, back in, the, in, um, uh, in Final Fantasy Tactics, like, their, their abilities were such AoE that you could hit a monster from anywhere on the map so i could actually see them being uh, a ranged 
a ranged healer just like normal because they could just do like their little step moves from wherever they want. Well, sure. Bad. You wouldn't want to limit them necessarily on the battlefield to where they have to be running back and forth to get to the from the ranged DPS up to like by the tanks and the melees. But maybe whatever resource they end up using, maybe they have to be near the monster and they have to be hitting it to build up those resources. I don't know. I'm still holding. Uh, I'm still holding out that chemist is going to be a ranged healer. Chemist would be another one. Mm -hmm. How do guns. you how do you see that working though? They wouldn't do disposable items. They would have to be abilities that pretended to use items. Uh, something like a like 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 a mix ability, like what Riku and FF10 uses. Yeah, actually, they could, they could do that and have it like be kind of like the Mudra system, where you just like take uh, one of or like two of three different like combinations and turn it into something. Yeah, I think work. a lot of your abilities would probably be along the lines of Mudra. You wouldn't have a lot of, I mean, you'd have some, but you wouldn't have a lot of flat-out damage attacks. You'd have, like, five or six different, like, let's mix these together, and you'd use them in certain orders to create different things. I think that the Mudra thing, um, it, 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 it's not something that I would say was revolutionary, but it was something new to FF14. It was a lot of fun as a ninja, and I think that that idea is something that SE could definitely expand upon with a new class and do a lot of really fun stuff with. Especially if you added in certain levels of randomness, like with an astrologian, do like an astrologian meets uh, a ninja's mudras, I think that that would make chemists into a really cool, really unique job that also had sort of like a mad scientist vibe to it. <laughs> you just see the kind of gear that you've got. It's just a lab coat and crazy hair. That would be freaking <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Like, like instead of just having like like four or five, like the, the, what would be the, the, the mudras for for ninja like you have these different ingredients right components components right but each of them has a a a trait to it so you have like like a healing one you have a defensive one you have a offensive one and you just mix those things together so when you put together like the healing in the defensive one there's like three different things that it could end up being maybe it's just one straight up powerful heal maybe it's like a mini heal with a defensive buff you know and and so that way when you're mixing these things together you don't necessarily know exactly what you're gonna get but I think that, that would be really cool. And of course, you have to have that 1% chance that whatever you're about to make is going to fail horribly and wipe everybody. No. Yes, because RNG. Because RNG and mad scientist. No, but the thing is, is they would never take you if that, if that was the case, because no other healer has that as a thing. Well, so say, Why would we risk that 1% chance when we could take any other healer and that wouldn't happen? Okay. Then okay. they're okay. a so bunch the, of bitches. The, the, the trade-off is, what, 1% of the time you get trio of 9999, and you get... And you, all your attacks do 9,999 <laughs> damage. For no, you would only you know, ever like, take have, them. No, it would be like a 1% chance you'd have a full heal on everybody or something like that. No, I like 3 of 9999 better. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I could see that, I guess. You have a 1% chance of, of wiping everyone with like zero heals and everyone dies. Or a 1% chance of healing everyone to full. That, that would be okay, maybe. <laughs> oh, so it's okay if there's a 1% chance that you're OP, but it's not okay if well, there's a 1% chance. And there has to be a trade-off. And I just don't think that the, the healer would be the one to make everyone's damage go up. It, they would heal everyone. Okay, the trade-off is that you get to be a mad scientist and play with potions. Come on, Nika. 
Okay, but think about. I'm thinking about it in terms of progression in Endgame. You're not going to take someone who looks cool over oh my someone God, who has utility. You have been promoted to intern. You are no longer the Endgame progression correspondent, okay? But you I like that to, title better. You don't have to pretend to know what you're talking about anymore. <laughs> <laughs> have you even cleared uh, AS4, bro? Have you even cleared AS4, brah? No. No. I haven't even cleared AS3, but how about you? No. Nah. Oh, well, we don't claim to be the endgame correspondents. AS3 is hard. <laughs> and actually, and actually, I am telling you, that one, I do feel the gimpness as Paladin. I am pretty much not you needed. You said you felt the gimpness in AS1, AS2. No, actually, AS2, I would probably always go as Paladin simply for cover. It's actually look, useful. Look, you are a femro Paladin. Even I feel your gimpness. <laughs> oh. No. Okay. I just I... don't want to feel Nika. That's what I go with. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll stay away from that one. But but look how cool I look in Firion's awesome. Oh my gosh. Oh jeez. <laughs> I forgot I glanced from my character. Oh my gosh. I could squish you. Juxta. You look like Firion. <laughs> Terrible. Juxta. Yeah, it's what? so cool. Let's talk about your your pride and joy, your love of the FF series, Red Mage. Dancer? Oh, Red Mage. Right. Red Mage. Um... You love I, Red Mage, don't you? Or is, it, or is it just the idea of Red Mage? Uh, no, I like Red Mage, especially from the glams. Mm -hmm. I mean, glam, Red Mage glam is A++. Yeah. But, uh, okay, I think that Red Mage will likely be the healer, which is unfortunate because I think Red Mage really deserve a time to be the top DPS in a game. They have a lot of opportunity to make it a, a magic DPS, though. Not, not, I'd say a hybrid where it's like they use their swords to do damage and stuff, but they also cast spells and actually do stuff with spells, too. So they'd have to use MP and TP. That's what I would hope for the class. And make, make it be like Dark Knight, where they like have activated abilities where that drains MP. And then like when you want to turn off your end spell, which drains your MP, then you switch to being more physical-based and do like wasp, wasp sting, which puts like a uh, poison debuff and shit like that. I think that would be awesome, and it would make it a DPS. It wouldn't be a healer if that was the case. Oh, no, I agree. I'm saying this is what I would hope for if it was a DPS, but no, okay. it's for Enix. It's going to be a healer. Yeah, the idea, I, I think what we need, right, and, and I know I'm going to get slated by everyone for this, and, and to be honest, there, there is a small part of me that sort of it, uh, uh, fears this inevitability, because when it usually happens in, in an MMO, like, like you, that this is where you get into a whole new, a whole different realm of possibilities and, and balance issues, but I think that we, we finally need a true hybrid for the game. Okay, and I think that Red Mage is is the prime candidate for that. Okay, I think putting them in a support like role, giving them stances that change whether or not they they have the ability to tank, DPS, or do heals. Right, and mm -hmm. what I would say is put them in the DPS role. Like like if you're gonna put them as any one role, okay, like. DPS would be their primary role, all right? They have the abilities or to to do spells from far away or, or go up closer and, and do, you know, uh, melee DPS using uh, stuff similar to what Juxa just said, right? But I think giving them stances that last, let's say, 
30-45 seconds, alright? So they're not going to be a true tank. You can't sub them out for a paladin. They're not going to be a true heal. You can't sub them out for, for a white mage or an astrologian, right? But give them the ability that if your tank goes down, they can pop this stance. And for 30 or 45 seconds, yeah, they can stand I up. I love that idea. They can stand up and they can tank something for that amount of time, given the right support, so that it's, it gives you enough time to get your tanks back up and get back into a position to 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 hold on to stuff so that way as a hybrid you're not running into the situation where it's like oh well if you have the choice between someone who can heal or someone who can hang tank dps and heal you're always going to bring the hybrid because that's one of the 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 problems that wow ran into with all of their hybrids but give them a very limited window where they can do those things i think is the right way to control it and i think you're finally then putting red mage into a position in a game where it can finally shine as a jack of all trades master of none that is exactly where I was going when I was talking about a, but the the way that they need to design raid mechanics to allow for things like that to happen. Because if, I love, love, love that idea. However, I do think that if it, it becomes down to the situational things, like I was talking about, you know, you have DPS go down, allow your paladin to, to buff itself and, and keep going for a little bit. If Red Mage is a DPS role and they keep DPS checks the way they are, if Red Mage has to stop DPSing, you're going to fall behind in that DPS check. So again, I think they'll have to reevaluate their raid mechanics to have more of a soft DPS check to allow that to happen. But that is the perfect solution to to what I was going for before. I love that idea. Juxta thoughts? I, actually, yeah, that sounds pretty good. But I think if when you pop that stance, it should be thirty seconds or so, right? More than enough time to do whatever they need to do. But they also uh, it should be on a long cooldown, like three minutes, maybe even five minutes, something long. But when they're in that stance, they are better than, like, any tank is right now. Like, it should be, like, they have, like, innate 75% damage reduction and crazy hate mechanics where they always get hate until it wears off. Or as a healer, they should just, like, be pumping out, like, crazy, like, 800 potency cures for that 30 seconds or something. Something that's just, like, so unbelievably good that the like just blow everything else out of the water that's what i would want to see otherwise like i don't see myself ever using it unless it was like a super like necessity type of thing. well that, what's what's your reasoning behind you wanting it to be so overpowered because at that point if it's absolutely better than all of the tanks you would actually get to a point where especially in progression rating that i think it would be a necessity to always have that. Well, he's going to be mage. a five-minute cooldown or something. Like how that's how a grounds cooldown. So I mean, that could allow for different types of strategies where, like, maybe you start with the red mage as the tank, or you start with something to allow the tank. To, I mean, especially if warriors are so OP with their damage, you could like have the red mage start out and then swap tanks after 30 seconds or something or maybe there's a certain mechanic where you know like the warrior can't survive so you swap to the red mage allow them to absorb that mechanic and then swap back or like it's or if it's maybe less detrimental to let a dps die rather than the tank die you you switch to the red mage let them take the hit and suicide themselves and then switch back to the warrior and raise the red mage i think that allows for a lot of different kinds of strategy it does but i think in that case then if it's going to be so overpowered because i think at that point you're especially in progression rating you're always going to want to use that cooldown for something it would basically end up being i think like 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 the bloodlust of final fantasy 14 would those stances being a long cooldown i agree do you think that they should also then share a cooldown 
Mm. Probably. You'd have to choose yeah. if you wanted to be the OP tanger, the OP, uh, the OP healer. Absolutely. Yeah, that'd be fine. Yeah, I, I could see that being a fine thing. And see, like... Hmm. Keep going. I forgot what I was going to go with. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I personally, and, and uh, I honestly just... You know, the, all that Sam stuff I gave, you know, previous thought to, but but that red stuff just, just came out of nowhere for me. Uh, I think that that is probably one of the best best places to put a red mage in. And like I said, it, it really gives it a chance to shine as that jack-of-all-trades, master of nuns. It also would put in the first true hybrid class, but in a way that that sort of saves you from all of the balance issues that most mm -hmm. MMOs run into right. in the case of the hybrid classes because it can't truly replace anything. Right, because I think a lot of people's worries, like, would they had talked about hybrid classes before, but, I mean, if you have a true DPS healer hybrid, it's never going to be better than any other DPS or better than any other healer, so what's going to make you want to take it is the problem because it's not going to keep up with DPS checks. It's not going to keep up with healing checks. What do you do with the job like that? You're right. I think this is a, an interesting and probably a pretty good solution to that. And, and, and as far as DPS goes, because you, you, you want to be a master of none, but it still has to, I think, be able to keep up with other uh, uh, regular DPSs. Yeah. <clears throat> so obviously you, you, you wouldn't take a hit there, but like Juxta said, giving it either an ability similar to uh, melee red mage is what you always hear. So I think that that the majority of people are going to expect it to to be a melee class, like like primarily that that's where it gets like the most of its damage pumped out. And you know, get, like like you said, giving it spell blades and stuff like that would be really really cool. Uh, and then giving it a, an ability similar to actually I don't think anybody has this, but but basically um, reverse. Uh, Oh, what's the the black mage ability called? Where they have to they stand still. They can keep casting uh, with the haste or whatever. Um, the the ley lines. Yes, the ley lines. So so give them ability that that they're able to basically run and gun with spells. You know they 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 can go back. They can get out of the out of the fight. Um, <clears throat> up out of melee range, and they can actually start using spells that way. I don't know if it should be uh, another stance or if it should just be like a straight buff that lasts thirty seconds. And for those you know thirty seconds you know, they do extra damage or whatever. But I think that that you would probably would have to give them the choice or at least the options mechanically between actually doing damage up front with melee and being able to cast spells. No, no. Now, see, what I'm thinking is, as a Red Mage DPS, you would have your standard 1-2-3 combos that this game is built upon. But then uh, as you progress in levels, you get things like a Firestarter-esque proc where... And when, once it procs, then you would you cast uh, whatever spell to come out. So that's how you would balance the melee with the casting. And so with the uh, your melee is like your bread and butter stuff versus the spells being like procs and bonus things that are instant casts is what I would picture. You know what? Yeah, that's cool too. I like that. I like that idea. Mm -hmm. That way you don't necessarily... Because just because you have... You can cast magic and you're a quote-unquote ranged... DPS doesn't mean that you have to be far away. So yeah, just just keep them in melee range, and they can still cast those spells. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. The but, uh, but the problem is we all know that Square Enix is unoriginal, and they're going to make Red Mage a healer. I don't know. I don't think they will. Man, I I can I can taste <laughs> it. I can taste it. They're gonna do it. He can taste it. What does it taste I, like, Juxta? The thing is, tastes like like salt. Yeah. It tastes a little salty, I think. 
I don't know. I feel like Yoshi P and this development team is pretty good at listening to what players want. And they know that so many people, since the beginning of 11 and 14, have wanted a DPS Red Mage. So I think they might deliver on that. The problem is that given the three classes that were teased before, I cannot see Blue Mage being a healer. But I okay, but... There was a few people in the chat pointing out saying, "Who? why do we have to get them evenly? Who says that the next expansion is going to bring a tank, a healer, and a DPS? Why can't it bring two DPS and a healer or two DPS and a tank or something like that? Well, it, it, it can't be any combination of jobs that, that is going to upset the balance. So, oh, well, they absolutely did that when they brought out Ninja, and they didn't and, and what did they say about that? They're not going to do that again. <laughs> They've <laughs> well, no, straight up said, no, <laughs> no more. No, I'm pretty sure the reason Ninja... Ninja was a special case, because I'm almost positive they had Ninja in the works since 1.0, and that's the reason we got it as not an expansion job. I don't ever foresee anyone... Or Square Enix giving us a job like yeah, Ninja again. That that makes sense. And also the other thing you have to keep in mind too is just because they gave us blue, red, and Sam in the on the 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 eighteenth floor or, or was it the fourteenth floor? Eighteenth. Eighteenth floor, right? Doesn't necessarily one hundred percent mean those are the three we're going to get. And if they don't make Red Major Healer, there are obviously still other other jobs they can draw upon. I mean, there's like Chemist. Dancer. There's Dancer. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Astrologian isn't something that, you know, the FF lore or history ever really touched on except for in Final Fantasy Tactics, so it could be something completely out of left field. That's true, but Astrologian has a lot, it like, draws upon, like, a lot of other jobs like it, it does, has the yes. card mechanic from like gambling <clears throat> classes and it has the time mage esque with their um uh gosh whatever fuck they have that quick spell move where they just can instant cast spells and um i think uh, they have gravity and all that stuff so it's kind of like time age as well it is it is yeah so uh, yeah they can obviously make anything work but at the same time i don't I like the only thing that really springs to mind as something that could remotely be healer e be something like Geomancer, and I don't see them dropping Geomancer anytime soon. Well, um, that was actually another one of the ones that I was hoping that we'd see. Uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be Geomancer, but just because Eleven had it, and and I'm more familiar with those mechanics, I think that that's one that could could possibly be introduced. Mechanics wise, I see it working similar to how a shaman does in. In Final or in Final Fantasy, in in World of Warcraft, where you you drop your your little totems or whatever the fuck they end up you know calling them, you know, you 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 basically drop AOEs uh, on on the ground. These are your abilities or your buffs. It would sort of fit into like a supporty kind of role. It could either be a DPS or yeah, you know what? It could be a healer too because all the healing jobs that we have right now, they heal from a place of like. Like the light, or or or, or like the holy. Geomancer would use the right? earth, right? Exactly. Geomancer would be more closely tied to the earth, and and again, just like a shaman is, you know, they 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 heal through through more natural kind of means. And um, the reason that I like this idea is because the mechanics of dropping down AOE buffs or or dropping down AOE heals that persist on the battlefield. 
especially in, in raiding situations, it would add an entirely new dynamic to, to the idea of, of, of your strategies and how you position yourself. And while that might be annoying for some people, especially, you know, like the, the, the way that Black Mage use ley lines right now, you know, where they drop them down, then AoEs, oh shit, now I have to move. It could end up being really, really annoying, but I also think that it would add an entirely new layer of mechanics to those kinds of situations. Maybe. Okay, fill me in because I stopped playing Eleven before Geomancer was released. How did that? How did it work in that game? Was it I DPS actually don't know how it worked in Eleven either. <laughs> I mean, was it a DPS or was it a healer? It was a DPS, wasn't it? Fuck, I don't know. Wow, none of us know. That's wow, bad. I'm pretty sure you know who would know? Escalia would know. Escalia <laughs> would know. Yes, I'm pretty sure that it was a DPS though, or it was, or it was a caster. Maybe it was just like support, a support. But caster. Eleven had a lot more of the elemental wheel type of things, which it I could did. see geomancing, you know, like pulling from the earth for this kind, you know, attacking mm -hmm. with earth spells or water spells based on, you know, the, yeah. the terrain and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, which is why it would be difficult to see it as a DPS in this game, but it would be kind of cool if they could implement that somehow. Well, like I said, uh, even as a healer, too, they would work, especially because, like, you know, we were just talking about how, you know, it's, it's hard to imagine any other kind of, of healers from lore, and while in um, Final Fantasy Tactics, Geomancer was uh, like, like a DPS buff, obviously given its background in you know calling from the earth and, and being that sort of like shamanistic type thing, there is definitely room for it to be a healer. I mean, if you can take Dark Knight and turn it from a DPS into a tank, why not turn Geomancer into a healer? Oh, our chat is saying that uh, Geomancer was actually support like Bard was in Eleven. And okay, it would, that, that it would summon sense. bubbles and have Black Mage type of things and support the party. Yep. So, you yeah, it would have to be totally different in this game. I think we need to have a healer that's completely out of left field. We need Necromancer healer. And they heal by draining the life force from enemies into the tank. Or by draining the life from party members into other party members. Oh god, no, that would be horrible. With the way that they do AoE and shit in this game, what if you drain at the exact wrong time and everybody died? That get, good. get good! Get good! Get good, Nika! <laughs> you get or, okay, good! Okay, let's give us a melee healer where you literally have to run up and hit the person with your weapon to heal them. Stick your hands into the wounds and seal them up. <laughs> the more up. cleaves you eat, the more healing you do. <laughs> I mean, there are, there have been some games, I think like Tales games and stuff, where you would have like enchanted star rods where you would actually like hit your party members to heal them. That, that's a thing. <laughs> they have that in Final Fantasy V where the cure rod where you oh, smack, they do. The, yep, smack yep. the party member. You're uh, right, so it's not, it's not foreign to Final Fantasy It is games. canon. It, is it totally canon. is. They could do it. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. All right, so um, they're your jobs. Did you guys have any other ones that you that you could think of that you would like to see in the game? I'm trying to think back to oh, what about something like I mean I don't know if mine would be too similar to Blue Mage, but we've seen mine type of job classes in the past. Yeah, other jobs are doing or like do it back at the enemy. I want to see a mime job, and I don't know. How it would work, but <laughs> could make it work. Well, okay, so. well, it could work in one of two ways. They could have it how you mimic your party member. So you could literally, like, mimic the healer and heal everyone, or mimic the DPS and do, like, whatever, or mimic the warrior and do fell cleave. Or it could be where it mimics the, the, the enemy, and it would depend on what the move was. I don't think you could mimic, like, the tank busters back at the enemy. But based on the move, you could mimic certain things back. So, so um, what do you see as the abilities, then? Just just mimic, and you just have to watch people and be like, oh, you know, there goes there goes uh, Hutan. I need Hutan. Mimic uh, that. No, I think it would have some of its own native abilities, and then it would have maybe a 
30, 45 second move cooldown where, or maybe it would have different ones based on, if we make Mime a DPS or a hybrid like Red Mage sort of, it would have a smaller recast where it could mimic DPS moves so it could do more DPS and then it would have a larger cooldown on like mimicking uh, a white mage's move so then they could mimic, um, I don't know, like Medica or they could mimic some, some Lustrate or something like that, but it, that would be a longer cooldown or something. How does that work in combat though? Like paying attention to what moves people are using as you're, yeah, that as would you're be, fighting? That would be hard. Okay, no, here's how it would go. It would have the standard one, two, three, whatever and then you would have like a cooldown that's on like a 30 second cooldown or something called mime and you would what it would do is you would uh target like a party member and if the party member was a dps like a physical dps like the last uh like move it did it would be like the mime would do like a physical hit that would do something or if it was like black mage then it would like beat mime and do like a casting move or if it was uh, a white mage then it would do like a heal or something so instead of mimicking their actual move, whatever whatever role the the person you're miming fulfills, it would give you a generic ability yeah, based on them. That's the only way it could possibly work. Mm -hmm. Either that, or similar to how they did symbiosis uh, for Druid in yeah. World of Warcraft, is based on what class you mime, you automatically get access to one of their predetermined abilities. That yeah, could work. Really cool. mm -hmm. Huh? So that could work, maybe. <laughs> I mean, it's a difficult one to flesh out here because I mean it, this this game is a lot more fast paced where like in 11 you can watch for someone's skill chain and try to mimic or something like that but in this game everyone's just mashing abilities all the time so it would be a difficult one to figure out for 14 yeah I'm yep. sure they could do it because they can do anything but um, I don't think they will because it's too much also, an another thing I think this game is truly lacking, which is what I think everyone wanted for Summoner, is um, an actual pet job where the pet is the one that does the damage, not the person. And so I think, and I mean, uh, there are people who like that, and I think that's what Summoner should have been in the first place, where the abilities, just, just to have a different feel for a, a job. It's not necessary, obviously, but I think that having it as the pet is the one doing the damage and your abilities are the support for the pet, which would be really cool. So you would have Garuda doing attacks and all of the abilities that you learn wouldn't be for you, they would be for your pet. So you would learn it's like a slashing attack and it's, you know, big crazy wind attack. And you, those would be your main moves you would do as your weapon skills. And then your actual person's abilities would be the support for your pet. I think that would be well, cool. I don't think that would ever possibly work, though, because like the like the delay between hitting a button for Garuda and then Garuda actually using the move, you know, like if well, your entire I, combo comes from the pet doing the combo and you have to like press the buttons for the pet to do the combo, I don't think that would ever work in this game. That's okay. That's true, I suppose. But I mean. Because this game is a lot more fast-paced, but it could also be bigger burst damage. Like like Elevens, the summoners' pets did everything, and the, he, the summoners are practically healers. So you'd summon the pet, you'd have so much of a cooldown, and you'd use a move, but it would be a big burst damage. Kind of like Black Mage, how you have to cast everything. So instead of just casting, you would be you know telling your pet to use this move, and after the cast bar goes off, the pet uses it. So it would be like Black Mage, but through your pet. I, I think that, that could work. And, and, and honestly, the reason I feel that, besides not having giant summons, you know, obviously that, that, that's, that's one of the big, the big pet peeves that, that summoners currently have with the game is they have these tiny little eggies running around. But they also, you know, don't feel like the pets are that important. And one of the reasons why is, and this is a, a pitfall from a lot of pet games, is when you put too much emphasis on the pet, they either end up becoming overpowered, or 
if they're if they're killed or or incapacitated in some way, you suffer too much because of it. So I think what you need to do is keep Summoner the way it is, but what you're using should be an extension of the pet, right? So yeah, Summoner's abilities are totally separate from the pet. Exactly. So when you now. use your abilities, the pet uses it, right? But the 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 problem is, don't try to make the pet a a character, right? The pet should be your tool. The pet should be your weapon. So the pet should be an animation. Yeah. So let it go into the fucking into the AOE and get hit. Like if it doesn't die, whatever. Okay. Or even make it so that if the pet takes damage, you take that damage. Because that was one of the big things when when someone was actually useful, being able to tank with Titan. It was overpowered because the Titan Eggy couldn't actually die, right? But if the summoner took that damage instead of the egg, you know, obviously it should be reduced in some way because the Titan is the, the, the tank pet or whatever. Yeah. I think it just needs to be reworked. But if, if you make it so that the, 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 the summon, the eggy, is the tool, not the pet, I think that that could work a lot better. Yeah, so, I mean, it doesn't even have to be with Summoner. Like, the other kinds of pet jobs we've seen in this game, or in Final Fantasy history, like Beastmaster, Puppet Master, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. You could do the same thing similar to that, like have a Puppet Master with an automaton that's, you know, similar to what we're talking about for Summoner, and use that as your weapon, and that could be cool, too. Yep. Uh, Summoner thematically or conceptually definitely needs a, a big overhaul, I think, to, to please a lot of people. But uh, as it I mean, is right it, now, it's still very powerful. It's yeah, in a good it, place. It is powerful. It definitely is a good job. But the thing is, is that it's not this. It's called summoner, but the summon. You're right. Is less useful. Like you, your main damage is through AOE DOTs. And I mean, it's it's not called the DOT or right. It's called the summoner. <laughs> and so it's like I want to do damage with the thing I summon, not with my dots. So it's like what I said before. They need to just retool. Bio, Bio 2, Miasma, and Miasma 2 to be moves that you uh, summon, uh, that you, like, call, like, call Ifrit's Burn or uh, uh, Garuda Windshear and it puts, yeah. like, Windshear DOT from Garuda on the person. And it's, like, using Dreadworm Stance on how, like, you're invoking the power of Bahamut. <laughs> but just for one attack. And how well, cool would it be, too, it be. when when you use Garuda's Shear, if the animation for that was, like, a rift opens above the enemy and Garuda just fucking comes down and, like, slashes them with her wing and then disappears and flies yeah. off again. I think like, seeing summons, Yeah, yeah, seeing summons, like, just come out of nowhere and come down and attack the thing, like, as you're just fighting in a battle, like, that would look so fucking yeah. cool. I think Dreadworm Stance is kind of where Summoner should have started from. So, like, right now, yeah. you, you do a couple moves in a certain order, you use a certain amount of Aetherflow, you get in Dreadworm Stance, and when you use Akmorn, what would be really cool is, you know, if Bahamut's, at least maybe not Bahamut, since you don't own Bahamut, but his essence, you could see, like, his shadow behind you comes out, you do Akmorn, and bam. And the entire job could be that way. Like, maybe you use different abilities in a different order, and that puts you in Garuda Stance, and then you use a big move like Akmorn for Garuda, whatever her big like wind aerial spin move is, and she comes out, does the big spin, and then goes away. I think that would be really cool. Yep, I think you would at least appease a few more summoners that way. The the hardcore ones, especially from Eleven, who miss having their giant fucking you know avatars following them around. I don't think you're going to please them unless you give them back. Yeah, because in other Final Fantasies, you just summon the summoner yeah. that does a move and goes yeah. away, and so, I think it it could work. I think those people we just need to lump in over with all the dragoons who are crying because they can't have their wyverns and forget about them. <laughs> you know, I've the only person I've heard cry about that is Ascalia. Oh no, I've heard I the, there there's more of them. There, there are. are. 
Yep, they're <laughs> they're out there. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, everyone has the little Midgard Swarmer minion now, and that's that's close. That's close, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so out, out of those few things that 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 we've talked about, what do you guys? If you had to pick one to be the most likely candidate to be to be introduced in the game, what would you pick? Red Mage, Samurai. <laughs> I I would probably say in 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 the capacity that we discussed them, I think that we would see Samurai before Red Mage. But I would prefer to see Red Mage, and I think that if we're gonna get a melee or a DPS red mage in any game in any MMO, this would be the one. Agreed. Yoshi P is really good at mixing things up, and if we're going to get them at any point the way that that people really want to see them, this would be the one. True, but I don't. I just feel like he, he's teased at red mage and how much Yoshi likes red mage in multiple capacities. Samurai wasn't really yeah. teased until recently. I feel like he knows that the demand for red mage is there, and I honestly think we would see that first. Hmm. All right. I mean, if not at the same exact time, but yep. So, so biases aside, then we are unanimous red mage. Then, right? Yeah. I mean, I it, it's the best job Final Fantasy one. That's that's. That's the linchpin me that we're going to get Red Mage because it's the last Final Fantasy one. Okay, that's fair. And I mean, and I just, I still think that before we would get something like Geomancer or Dancer or anything, I mean, they, they specifically teased Blue Mage, Red Mage, and Samurai. It's going to be one of those that we see, if not all mm-hmm. three of them. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Right. I don't think it's going to be a DPS, though, which is going to make me sad. I really, I, I think it is. I think we're going to see it as a DPS in this game. I, I hope that it is, and I wish that it is, but I just don't see it. I mean, I could I see just... Blue Mage and Red Mage both being DPS, Samurai being a tank, and then them finding something else to be a healer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They could just add a healer. And I don't think anyone would care, because nobody likes healers. <laughs> <laughs> right, nobody likes healers that you have to have them in your party, and they have the most important job, but nobody likes them. No, no we don't like them, we tolerate about? them. Yeah, I mean, healer is the most just boring you guys. job. It's the worst uh, job because you don't get to see your own damage numbers go up, and the more <laughs> gear you get, you don't really see that much of an improvement. That's, that well, is well, no, okay. I was gonna. I don't, that's actually, an no. extremely biased point. I mean, if you think you say it's the most boring job, but if you actually try to heal in something where there's a lot of AOE, like it's it's not boring. Like, if you're not paying attention, your entire party dies. It's very intense. It's the opposite of boring. Yeah, who wants that kind of responsibility? <laughs> All right, well, uh, for those of you listening, if you have any ideas uh, thematically, conceptually, or mechanically how jobs could work in Final Fantasy XIV, we'd love to hear from you. You should email us at hosts at Limit Break Radio and give us a rundown of what you'd like to see and how you'd like to see them work. Uh, moving on to the next topic on our tinfoil hat edition of Limit Break Radio today is dungeon and trial ideas. And what I thought that we would start with w- was was the one that, that has been on a lot of people's minds thanks to the, the teasing or the hint at in the rising event, and that is Doom Train. Uh, there's, there's been a few theories thrown around. Could it be a Hildebrand quest? Could it be possible mode of transportation to the Void Arc? Is this something that we're just going to see as a trial where you fight the Doom Train? Or... Void Arc? The Void Arc's a flying ship. How are you going to ride a train to a flying ship? Uh, excuse me, it's Doom Train. It can fly wherever the fuck it wants. 
That's right. Uh, or or could Doom Train end up being a dungeon itself where you fight through the Doom Train? Let's go ahead and open the floor to my right-hand man and our intern. Okay. He's oh. actually on your left-hand side. Is he? He is. Okay, my left-hand man. I'm your right hand. Oh, you... Yeah. It's a good thing that you got that out before I said what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, which which games have we seen Doom Train in in the past? Um, I know we've seen an FF8. What other FF games have we seen? 8 is the one that I'm most familiar with it in, but it, it's also it's an actual like like plot point and and boss that you fight in is it is it 5? Uh, I'm trying to remember please. Six, but it's Six actually has called the Phantom, Phantom. Yeah. Phantom yes. Train. That's, that's the one. Mm -hmm. And Phantom I, I was Train is actually in this game already in uh, uh, Castor Meridium, if I'm not mistaken. Wait, really? Did what? I believe so. I believe that that train is called the Phantom Train, if I'm not There's mistaken. There's a train? I could be wrong. What train? Well, it's, it's, it's not a train, but it's got the train station, and the train is called the Phantom Train, I think. In Castor Meridium? What? Yeah. I'm 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 blanking on. I am one. completely drawing a blank. Uh, 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 which castrum is that? That's the. That, that's first the one everyone used to spam for for philosophy tomes back in the day, like the very first one. And people yeah. in the chat are agreeing. Okay, I think I'm trying to think. I think there is like signs. I remember seeing like crossroads signs, like train signs, but I don't remember there being an actual. Oh, 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 you go up to the train station and like fight the guys that are like hiding up on the. I remember now when you're like. It's over by the bridge, sort of, and you go across, you sneak around, and then there are these, these guys you have to pull from up top, right? There's like a dreadnought up there, and then you have to click on the switch up at the train station, right? I don't think you have to click a switch, but you do have to kill those guys so Sid walks with you. But yeah. Oh! I, yeah, I yeah. I ever like realized that that was a train says. station. Uh, you know, the train supplies all the castrums. Hmm. Yeah, now that you think about it, like, that's something I never made a connection to, but yeah, you're right. That's why it was like, what are you talking about? Yeah, see, I know what the fuck I'm talking okay, about. Okay, but is I'm that up on my FF14 lore? Thank you very much. But do they actually ever name the train? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they do at some point. Or is it just the Castrum Express? <laughs> the Castrum Express. <laughs> All aboard the Castrum Express. <laughs> Because I mean, because I think having it as is kind of like in FF6, you actually went on the train, right, and you fought through it in yeah, different, yeah. and there were ghosts and, and skeletons, and, and then you had Sabin Suplexa. <laughs> but 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 like in FF8 with Doom Train, you actually fought the train as the boss, mm -hmm. right? Right, right. No, so, you don't fight the Doom Train in FF8. You just get him as a summon. Oh, right, and yeah, you just go on a quest for it. Right. Yep. I'm looking at a screenshot where they're most definitely fighting him. Oh no! Never mind. They're used, They're summoning him and fighting yeah. him against somebody they're else. You're right. Oh, it's almost exactly what I said. Oh, huh, interesting. <laughs> what okay, so that just, works? So you don't actually have to fight it as a boss, but it's weird looking. Um, which F <laughs> is there? Any FFs you do fight it? I don't think I, so. I, I think I think we can might only be an eight. I feel like we can safely say that Phantom Train is Doom Train. They just changed the name, but it's it's the same damn thing. It's a but fucking Doom ghost train. Doom Train has a skull on the front, and Phantom Train just looks like a train, and it just has ghosts on it. Okay, yeah, because I'm sure if if you take every iteration of Bahamut, they all look exactly the same, don't they? But they look very all... similar. It just looks like a train. Doom yeah. Train is like orange and it like has teeth on the side of it and like has a skull on the front. It's way different. Yeah, <sighs> and uh, FF Wiki also says that it's uh, Doom Train and Phantom Train are two different things, and Doom Train only exists in eight. Huh. 
Okay, so that's very interesting that they would tease at Doom Train over all the things when it's only been in one... I don't know. I'm going to say, to me, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They're, they're, they're the same sort of concept, okay? Sorry. Well, it's the I same concept because they're both fucking trained. <laughs> exactly. No, I could, okay, I could see us. Let's see. Because Siren was only a summon in 8-2, wasn't it? Or in... No, no, Siren's in tons of them. Yeah. Siren's in five, six, eight. Well, okay, that's true. I'm thinking, like, they put Siren as a boss at the end of Pharaohs, and, like, Diablos was a boss at the end of Lost City. I bet they could make a Phantom Train, Doom Train type of dungeon where, like, the train is the boss at the end. Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe what it is. All right, first of all... Dumb, but what what I think is most likely for Doom Train is it being in a Hildebrand quest, and for for two reasons. First of all, the idea of a Doom Train or a Phantom Train is something that's very mysterious. You know, something that has something to it that needs to be solved, which is right up Hildebrand's alley. Okay, and it's fucking absurd. The idea of a fucking like ghost train that's again no, I think silly. It's the same thing as like a, a, a phantom ship or a ghost pirate ship where you find the ship kind of floating out on the ocean yeah. and it's filled with the ghosts and skeletons of pirates. Exactly. I don't think this is any more absurd than that. It's right up Hildebrand's alley. Okay. I think that this would work perfectly for him. And I think that I don't know if it would would, would work best as just a straight up trial where you fight the train itself because I I, I, can't, I can't I can't envision that you know like 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 a, a train that just sits there or that moves around like as as an actual battlefield I can't envision just that <laughs> right but but actually going into the doom train and it being more of a dungeon or maybe even like 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 a a, a five car five battle trial I think that that makes more sense and instead of fighting doom train himself you board the doom train and at the at the end when you get up to the engine you find Gilgamesh who is riding it to find the Excalibur oh my god <laughs> Okay, you, no, you fight whoever the conductor <laughs> oh, no. is. Wait, what if you have to run along the top of the Doom Train and you have to try not to fall off? Because if you fall off and hit, like, fall off the train, you die. So you have to, like, fight stuff on top of the trains. And then uh, Kooky Persona says at the end, you still get Godbert suplexing it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is a very important part of Final Fantasy VI lore, is Savin suplexing the Doom Train. Uh-huh. Or Phantom Train. Okay, but here's... That might be an... F- if I think it's anything uh, battle-related, I think we're going to actually see Godbert suplexing the the Doom Train. But we keep in mind that the spoiler was for a Doom Train minion. So I am holding fast to my, uh, my theory that Doom Train is the end boss of the Pets of Vermilion minigame. It, it could be, because they said, you know, the guy was surrounded by minions, and he said, where did I put that clockwork doom train and he was surrounded by a bunch of minions and since verminion is that new game that we're getting or whatever that i mean that would be that would make sense Uh, how much of a letdown would that be though well, why are you trying to build him up to be something huge and big? He just said well, a clockwork huge minion. and big in FFA. Yeah, he's cool. He's a cool guy. Or I mean, and then and then the clockwork doom train could be that one percent drop minion from the end of the trial. Yeah. No. That Nika never gets. That I never get. Mm-hmm. Or a card. No, it should be a card. Yeah, of course. One percent card drop that she never gets. Oh, yep. Actually, I finally got the Onion Knight card from World of Darkness, though. Woo! Finally. Do you have uh, Midgar Swarmer yet? I have that. It was Nidhogg that I don't have. Oh, Nidhogg, yeah. I still don't have Nidhogg. 
Nope. Do you have Midgar Stormer? I have him. I don't know where he comes from. Yeah, I, I do. Midgar Stormer comes from getting 90 cards. Oh, okay, yeah. I All have right. that one. All right, fine. So, so Juxta thinks it's just going to be a boring-ass fucking minion. Um, Nika, what do you think? Do you think it's more likely to be like a trial or a possible dungeon? Yeah, I think it would it would be a trial, and then it would have the minion as the the, the slight drop because they are kind of into the whole like new dungeons drop really rare minions, and I could totally see this being that. I think Kuki has the right idea. Doom train mount. <laughs> uh, where you're like inside the train, or you're like sitting on top of it. It would be it would be like those train. little kids trains at the mall. <laughs> <laughs> but with a skull on the front. Yeah, mini Doom train. That'd be awesome. Uh, <laughs> What's your thought, Kala? What do you think it's going to be? Uh, honestly, I don't know. I don't think that there was probably enough evidence to to in, in the rising to suggest that it's going to be any kind of event. It probably will just end up being a fucking pet, which is dumb. But I personally think that it would make a great Hildebrand questline. Scooby-Doo uh, Hildebrand? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I could see it. I mean, I do think Godbert suplexing the train is really funny. And you can, you know, we're all, like, down for the count. Hildebrand's down. We're all, you know, the train's about to run us over. And then in comes Godbert, who, like, suplexes the train out of the way. That, I could totally see that happening. That would be amazing. Mm -hmm. So what other kinds of uh, possible dungeons or trial encounters, then, would you guys want to see from FF lore? I, hmm. I I see someone put something on this list in all caps with oh, a I, little <laughs> with a little was, cat smiley face at the bottom that says anima. Me yes, anima is so freaking awesome. And like, if you think of anima in FF10's lore, how it was spoilers. If any of you haven't played FF10, I'm gonna spoil for you. Turn it now. Um, that anima was like the spirit of Seymour's dead mother that he tried to summon back to life. I think that, spoilers. Spoilers. I think that would be totally badass if that was somehow worked into the primal lore right because that's how primals pretty much are in this game so if say anima was you know the reincarnated something or other in the lore that you know try, tried to bring back to life when it went horribly wrong and then you get this really deformed anima summon i or like primal fight i think that would be sweet that would actually be a very cool way to bring anima into it it could also be extremely sad and dark yeah in fact oh oh i got it I got Tantara it. Tantara Extreme. Yes. <laughs> the two people who survived... No, wait, only one person survived it now, right? Of that original party, isn't there just one survivor left? Yeah, the Taru Taru. Yeah, yeah the Taru. The Taru Taru oh, should blah, blah, blah. attempt to summon back... What's her name? Adia? Edia? Edda. Edda. Should attempt to summon back Edda, right? And, and like the other people, because now they're going crazy, racked with all this guilt, right? And yeah, you basically get this terribly disformed emulgation of, of all of their party members that, you know, were murdered, oh, committed God. suicide or whatever. And yeah, yeah, holy fuck. That could go really fucking dark. Like, we thought Tam Tamtara, you know, hard mode already was like already really kind of dark and like scary. Yoshi P, if he went this route, he could really turn the heat up, and that could be a really fucking amazing end to that saga. Yeah, yes. That would be sad. Um, Zillia says maybe Anima could be something the Warrior of Darkness summons. That's perhaps. very possible, too, yeah. Mm -hmm. that, I mean, because that would be interesting, because I think Anima would have to be in a darker part of the story. It would be a lot harder to bring that in as, as just a regular, you know, Ravana is here. You know, it would be something darker in the, in the lore. Kiki Lukilu says, Anima is hearts and farts. <laughs> um, 
we've discussed that I think if, if Hearts and Farts was to be summoned as a primal, it would end Unicorn. up at Ixion. Yes, or Ixion, since, yes. So, yeah, since their their house is is the unicorn. Uh, Goikustar 7, at the end of Tamtara, she actually lets herself fall off of the off of the platform yep, into the She suicides, she so. jumps off, and then you see her ghost like randomly pop up around the towns if you catch it. Yep, yep. So what I'd like to see, and, and this is something that, that I've kind of been uh, silently, or I guess I mean to do it on the show occasionally, but, but what I've been pushing for when it comes to raid mechanics and trial mechanics is I want to see stuff that's a bit more dynamic, and um, I want mechanics that aren't just about memorization, something that you have to react to in the moment, and I think that, that two possible trials that could play into this as strengths would be Kate Sith or the Magus Sisters. And basically the way that I, w what I mean by this is when you go into it, you're not just going to get the exact same battle every single time where it's like, alright, the boss will use this move, and then this move, and then this move, and watch for this, and this is phase one, blah, 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 blah. So Kate Sith, for example, could possibly summon random bosses from different dungeons or trials, but are, of course, now level appropriate. Um, maybe they have different mechanics, maybe they have the same ones, but basically every time you go in there, Kate Sith draws upon your past experiences or, you know, uses them as, like, you know, things that you, you've triumphed over and, you know, oh, now you have to do it again, but it's harder. And basically it's, it's, it's a way to sort of mix it up. And I think that that could be really interesting. Or the Magus sisters would, would be similar, um, where either every time that you go in, you either fight them in a different order, or, I don't know, they just combined in a way, or maybe you only fight two of them, and based on which ones you fight, they have different movesets. Just that idea of, of needing to respond and change to things in the moment, instead of just memorizing it, for me is is a lot more entertaining and and as a player it's a lot more enticing than just all right let's smash our face against bismarck extreme and ravana extreme over and over and over again it's the exact same thing why the fuck haven't you people got this yet learn to get out of the fucking aoe and not kill the goddamn water balls fuck someone salty i see Unless it's water weather, then you kill them. <laughs> Unless it's um, water weather, I, I do think they were. They had the right idea with um. What what was that dungeon that has the? It's Wander's Palace Hard, I think. That has that that uh, mid boss where you have the different colored circles on the ground, and every time you enter the dungeon, the circles do different. Sort of, things. yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, so I mean that was the start. So it's like you know everyone wants the damage up. You don't want to turn into a frog, and you have to run into them all and figure it out. And it's not going to be the same every single time. Mm -hmm. So at least that you know that's a start. Or like uh, the research facility has the one that turns into old coil bosses that only has you know one mechanic of the of that <laughs> coil boss i think that would be really cool but you know harder it would have to be an entire primal fight it couldn't be part of a dungeon i think right no yeah i agree i think that the, the that the magus sisters kate sith would definitely be primal things well, although and we've seen kate sith as part of the void arc in a little teaser screenshot though we have that's true that's true excited for that so um and you know what works. i actually just saw for the first time uh yesterday the original opening cutscene for 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 1.0 i don't know how it's been this long or whatever and so i finally got to see uh what we've talked about before where when midgar swarmer and the agrius crash into crystal tier lake and you actually see ifrit and titan like shooting up out of the lake like that you know those are the 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 what, what we assume are the primals being freed from some type of i don't know uh maybe alec prison down there 
there was a shit ton of those lights coming out of the ground. <laughs> yeah. There were a fucking ton of them. I mean, yeah. uh, like, like we can count how many primals we fought like on, on two hands, and there was a shit ton. So there's, there's, there's room for absolutely massive amounts of primals in this game. Um, Juxta, did you did you have any ideas or any theories or any kinds of uh, uh, not not even necessarily you know primal trials, but even dungeons that you would like to see uh, remade into FF14? Well, we both everyone knows that case is is already in the game. It's the uh, oh stop Aluma, it. Aluma Gabby's, uh, Oh my gosh! Pet. Stop what? that! It's true. She's not no. It's that's it's just that's a cat. it's just a cat. That's my head cat. It's Kate Sith. But we know Kate Sith is going to be tied to Void Arc somehow. They've showed the screenshot. And they're going to have Alexander tied into Void Arc, you see? I don't think Because Alexander Sith has to do with Sarlayan, and the Void Arc is going to be something to do with Alien or something old and ancient that's not Sarlayan. Just you wait. Kate Sith will lead us to, uh, to the Void Arc. Well, um, yeah, well, that is possible, but it is not the cat from Alexander. <laughs> Juxta, did you have anything serious or productive to add? Um, I think during the Mega Sisters fights, it should be. This is how I picture it going out. It's going to be a three a three person fight, three mobs that you have to deal with all at the same time, and, and the fat one is always going to be reflected, so you can't cast on it because it'll bounce back at you. Mm-hmm. Um. And, like, the little one will probably be tanked by, like, some DPS or something. Or maybe it has random aggro or something. And you have to keep on killing it. But uh, the fat one obviously res it each time. And, you have, like, the main force will be divided between the tall one and the fat one, I feel. And um, that's all I got so far for that. I like it, though, because uh, primarily, yeah, the, 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 the fat one, I feel like, should have reflect on. I do like the idea of the small one, which is, is usually... Uh, looks like a B, or at least in, in FF10 it was a B. So not having an aggro table or having to be tanked by a DPS because she deals lighter damage, I think that that sounds like a cool idea. And, uh, yeah, I feel like the, 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 the tall one would be the main one that you would have to focus on or, or, or put your tanks on. Um, or they could make it a three-tank fight. How cool would that be? <laughs> That'd be awful. <laughs> that would be awful. <laughs> Do you know how the rage people would have if suddenly after, like, two years of having two tanks for everything, they're suddenly like, oh, hey, have a third tank now. People would flip their shit. Mm, Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think of previous Final Fantasies and what different types of dungeons they had. So that's why I think Phantom Train, Doom Train would be the coolest addition that they could probably throw back to FF6. Mm -hmm. Um, or, oh, this would probably piss people off with gear inventory space, but, like, it wasn't in FF9 there was a dungeon where you had to have your lowest level gear to do the most damage, so, like, everything, everything was the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> was there? <laughs> there yeah. was. Um, it was, it like, was near- Oliver or something? Yeah, I, do- I can't remember, but I know that the higher your gear, the less damage it did. And Is you had that to why that place was so hard? Yeah, you had to <laughs> yeah. hold on to all of that stuff. I don't ever remember changing my gear in that place. Mm-hmm. I-, I wouldn't huh. have known, but I had a strategy guide because I was lame. And no, they, said, they said, hold on to your level one weapon because you'll need it later. It's like, okay. Well, no, it's not even that because you get all the old weapons in that dungeon. It was pissing me off. Oh, that's <laughs> true. <laughs> so I didn't get the mechanic either. 
That is hilarious. Or maybe something like I know this. The, the problem with this game, which I mean, everyone likes the faster dungeons, fast, fast, fast. Like everyone hates getting things like Stone Vigil on leveling roulette because it's so long. Um, but I feel like something like you know, FF10's dungeons were all about solving puzzles. And I feel like less mobs and more puzzles. Like also, what was it in Eleven? Um, the the was it Nizel Isle or the one where you'd climb the floors and you'd have different puzzles? Yeah. Um, I think that if if there was more things like you'd have to like FF10, you had to take a sphere and ride a thing around and find where the sphere goes, or like light lamps in certain order. Having a thing where you'd have to work together with your team, I think, could be cool as long yeah, as the something that's more dynamic. That, yeah, that a- that's more reliant on you solving puzzles or doing certain mechanics as opposed to just as much DPS as you can while avoiding damage. Yeah. What so I. Go yeah. Go ahead. Nope, go ahead. I was going to say, one encounter that I remember in World of Warcraft had is it was like basically an arena fight where like the aggro tabers were all off the all off the uh, the charts. Like They basically went after whoever they wanted to go after, and each uh, there was like five ads, and each ad was like based on like a different class, but it was always different each time you loaded the instance. So uh, You're talking about the, the dungeon version of the, the Northrend Coliseum, right? Uh, actually, I'm talking about the Isle of Queldonis. There was a dungeon. Oh. There was a dungeon in there. But yeah, uh, but basically, it was like uh, a wolves den match, and there would be like a specific party set up, and um, each uh, each time you went in there, it was a different uh, different set of four uh, four basically player characters and. You had to like basically PvP them down, which was I thought was really cool. Yeah, it's, it would basically kind of be like the end of Holly Tally Hard Mode, but there would be more variety to it. Yeah, yeah, because like that, you just fucking AOE them down. Well, yeah, and now you can just yeah, use limit break and kill them all so too. Quickly. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I would like to see as a dungeon, mm-hmm. um, which which I think going forward, um, we haven't obviously gotten any new dungeons yet in in. Uh, in Heaven's Ward, but rather than seeing old stuff remade into hard modes, I'd like to see more original stuff to help expand more on, on the Heaven's Ward lore and, and, and whatnot. I would like to see a Chocobo Forest dungeon. Oh. Something that, that's, that's more akin or, or reminiscent of, of Final Fantasy IX's Chocobo lore, you know, where, where you're going into the Chocobo Forest, you know, it's, it's kind of like this sort of magical, mystically sort of place where you either have to use the, the, the Chocobos like, like to help you in some way, or, or maybe there, there's a, a, a narrative element to it that involves like a Moogle and a Chocobo. I think that would be really sweet. Chocomog. Mm-hmm. That was a thing. Chocomog is a thing. I was just thinking about the other day. That's a primal I want to see. I want to see Chocomog primal. <laughs> yeah, because we got the fat Chocobo as a mount, so now give us, like, the primal Chocomog. We have Mog in the game. Oh. Are you, like, good King Mogamog? Is that what you mean? No. Well, I mean, we have Moogles in the game, but also the Mo- uh, Moogles up in whatever horrible place that is, Turning Mist? Yeah, yeah, no, I know we have Moogles, but I want, like, a primal team-up between a primal Moogle and a primal Chocobo. Oh. Maybe maybe there's some, like, fairy tale out there about, you know, when a Moogle first met a Chocobo and, you know, some some children somewhere in some orphanage, you know, accidentally <laughs> summon it and, you know... Come on, I'm going to say our really chat cool. is horrible. They're saying they just they want me to go there because I'll have to kill Chocobos. Yes, if they do come out with a Chocobo <laughs> forest and there's Chocobo enemies in it, in it, we will make sure that Nika does her first run oh. live on stream with us. Nika, promise it. 
I promise. All right. We'll make Man, I can't, I can't express my disappointment that we cannot kill chocobos and then harvest their wings and drumsticks and make cho- uh, KFC out of them. And send them oh my to gosh. No. They do have chocobo like, legs or flanks or they it have something. It was for a quest. Oh. It's not you a know, real food. I looked it up. I was going to send you a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I'm, I'm, yeah, that makes sense because I'm surprised that you didn't. That, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know what we're forgetting, though, is in the Rising event how they mentioned um, some evil would bring together the behemoth and the bomb or whatever. So, like, if we had a, a bomb king type of thing, I don't know. We still haven't quite figured out what that was supposed to be. No, I haven't. There is a king behemoth in uh, Labyrinth of the Ancients. Yeah, I haven't really seen much of, of anything else uh, theory-wise pop up about that. So, um, I mean, I thought we uh, we decided that that was definitely the uh, the super what was primal that? Uh, Bel- Belias bomb no, there, there was that Belias Belias whatever it's called that mm, looks mm-hmm. like a, a, a behemoth and a whatever. But I don't know much about that. Um, although in in FF twelve, all of the primal in FF twelve were like originals weren't they or they were just coming from different the parts fake, of lore fake summons is what i yes yeah, so I, I mean, <laughs> not my in, summons in ff12 all the ships were named after the primal names and the summon yeah. names and the summons that you got were actually like totally new and i don't remember any of them they were so not memorable yeah. but i feel like they could always pull from that i think mm. if i'm not mistaken one of the primals in ff12 was queenkin and that's from final fantasy tactics and as one of the uh, crystal horrible guys you have to fight. so And I thought, uh, aren't the, uh, some of the Asians named after that? I think there's a Belias Asian, isn't there? Or am I making that up? No, they talk about Belias in one of the summoner quests, I think. Oh, that's right. That's right. There's a hint for that. But I don't, I don't, I don't think that the Asians or Allegans have names like... No, that, that none of that sounds familiar to me, you know? Yeah, no. Mm-mm. No, well, but, fine. <laughs> um, I'd also like to see Yojimbo come back somehow. Yeah, oh, what if, okay, Yojimbo has a Japanese name, so let's say maybe it's for Doma or from uh, Little Alamigo. Mm-hmm. Like, what if, what if there were some crazy monks who, as I talked about the lore of Alamigo a little bit on an episode a while back, um, who, who were still worshipping the, the king who slaughtered all the monks, and they, like, worship him back into a primal. Um, that could be, like... Have they named that king at all yet? Uh, yes, I don't remember his Oh, name. so he's probably not going to be Yojimbo. No, no, but no, but the thing is, is that when you wish them back into primals, they're not necessarily their same exact. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I don't know. They're not. Maybe there's know. some wandering primal called Yojimbo that seeks out specific kinds of prayers. You know, I such mean, as... especially because like Leviathan merged with the Sahagin, so I could see like if Yojimbo was an entity that he could like merge somehow mm-hmm. with some dude or another. Um, and yeah, and Yojimbo is a samurai, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, Carletta mentions that that, that Yojimbo could be the NPC for the samurai. Maybe no, Yojimbo is the one who teaches NPC, you. Though? But I mean, Yojimbo in all of FF has always been like a battle or a primal True. or I, I can't see him being like an NPC you talk to and he's like, let me teach you the ways of samurai. Uh, Although Orange then again, Buds was always kind of like a nice, a nicer one, wasn't he? Uh, Orange Bud says, uh, Yojimbo in 4.0, Yugiri mentioned something about having primals where she comes from, but they call them something different. So maybe, you know, like you said, oh, Yojimbo maybe being like more Japanese. Yeah, it could be something from Doma or whatnot. <laughs> I like that, that basically all the, the, or most of the stuff that we've suggested for new dungeons and trials primarily have came from FF10. <laughs> I mean, I, they, I, I think, 
I think that Yojimbo is going to be a foil to Gilgamesh. I, yeah, because in FF10, wasn't Yojimbo, like, really silly to you? Like, he had that dog, right? And you'd, like, pay him Gil to do things or something like that. I don't think like, he was silly. He still had, like, like a, like a pretty serious motif going on. Well, when you summoned him, you would, like, You would pay him Gil, though, pay, yeah. You ha- like, he, he only worked for you because you gave him money. Yeah. So, like, He's I could see him being something he could be the hildebrand type of thing mm-hmm. maybe oh i feel like if they made him silly well or if he was a foil to gilgamesh he would basically he have to be silly but he could be the serious version right right so he would be to gilgamesh what that stupid elvon is to hildebrand basically exactly yeah uh, i can see that working that would be cool and then and then the gilgamesh has enkidu and then <laughs> has his little dog has his dog which hopefully we can get as a pet could be a minion mm-hmm or, yeah, I don't or know. a mount. I'll say no. It's too small to be a mount, but I guess it could be. So next up, then on on our our tinfoil hatting is. Uh, okay, hang on. I'm gonna stop for a second. What exactly does tinfoil hat mean? Um, like, what? <laughs> are you saying this? And I honestly, God, I've never heard this phrase until you've you never that. heard the phrase. Yeah, it's it's like oh. when in in TV shows or in movies when you get like these conspiracy theory nuts who's like, oh, we have to wear we have to wear tinfoil hats so that the so the aliens can't steal our thoughts. Uh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, so so it's tin- really confusing. Like, why are we? I was thinking like something to do with the television antennas, like how you have to like make them get the channels properly. No, you no, yeah, tinfoil. you wear the tinfoil hat so that the aliens can't <laughs> steal your thoughts. So so we're we're talking about like. Okay. <laughs> theories and stuff regarding you know what could possibly be put Some in reason, so. i was just thinking of like restaurants that like make you tinfoil hats when it's your birthday and stuff i'm like i was so confused you okay so there was this. my dirt moment of the day continue <laughs> all right, all right so. so for that uh derail escalia you're welcome <laughs> in other news uh yes merwib is no longer a mikote <laughs> she's she is fantasia now that escalia uh so po rangatang uh in his email uh wrote that um and in, in, in regards to job-specific encounters, this is something that Nero lightly touched upon once, uh, once upon a time. There are a few ideas for this online, and I did a write-up for a class encounter system, which would pair you with two of your fellow job members and pit you against a series of bosses. There was a similar write-up on Reddit somewhere as a solo encounter. If Essie could store who did it fastest and post a type of leaderboard, or could potentially give away prizes for clearing it in under X minutes. It could be an interesting system... The drawbacks, of course, would be elitism, something Yoshi P has talked about multiple times. He doesn't want things that can be used as a barrier to entries into groups. Must have a time of three minutes or less in blah in order to be in my static, etc. There is also the duty fragmentation component, etc., etc. Um, I don't know how much room there would be for job-specific encounters, because with the number of jobs that you have, that is a lot of development time that would go into something that very few people would would get to see as a whole um, well, why, why, why could very few people i mean i think anyone who has a job would be able to enter it right like don't make it an end game thing make no it like no a- yeah but if you're looking at making like when i think of job specific encounters i think like all right you know we're going to make some encounters that are specifically for ninjas specifically for paladins specifically for warriors and and you could already see with how many jobs there are you know if you did 3 encounters per job that's something that as your job you would blow through really quickly but as a whole that is a lot of development time 
I, I mean, they already, already have this with like the job quests. Yeah, that they, was they the do other the thing. job yeah. quests and they do all that development. Mm -hmm. Why not just make like once you hit the final quest for your job, then you unlock another trial for your job where you can take a couple other people who are also your job and go in and do it. I don't think it would require as much development as you think it would. I think instead of looking at it as a job specific encounter, basically what, what this says to me is they need to go back and look at guild hests and find a way to further develop those. Or just make them not suck. Uh, or make well, them not suck. Well, he said that Yoshi P even said he didn't want to make any new guild has because they're meant as kind of a tutorial for new players. And that no. he didn't feel like the... That's why people are like, oh, no guild has from 50 to 60. And they're like, yeah, well, you pretty much already know how to play your job by you get True. to 50. So they're, they're meant to teach people. So I think that's probably fine the way that it is. But well, I, think I still think that that concept has room in the game. Something that's smaller that that you know you you can do as smaller groups that that you could you know put time trials on because time trials is something that yoshi p says that he would like to put into well, the game he said that in the next patch they're actually going to give us if you go in as an undersized party into the lower dungeons they're going to show you your time so you can time trial yourself on lower level dungeons yep. like that that would be cool but i think that also uh again this is something that, that, that we've touched upon in multiple episodes but if you look back at things like Nizul Isle or Assault, those were essentially what guild hests are. I mean, guild hests obviously did it as more of, of a tutorial with, with basic components, but you go in with small groups of people to uh, accomplish very specific tasks. You know, I could see job-specific thing working for something like assaults. So say they put assaults in here. They don't have to make them different for each job. Just make them clearable by each set of jobs. So, like, maybe you take three paladins in, and you can see how fast you can clear it as three paladins, which obviously is not going to be as fast as, like, three monks. But you can just see, like, you, you can compare yourself to other groups of three paladins and try to clear it. So that way it's the same same exact rate and they don't have to do development for each type of job but you can go in as a set of jobs and try to clear that jobs specific time trial mm -hmm. juxta i just don't see the point of having like a job specific like why does it have to be three paladins or three ninjas like, yeah i, I think the job specific the, i don't i don't i don't understand the de design philosophy with that i think job specific was maybe poor wording um i think just just uh, uh, an event for for smaller groups of people well, I think job specific makes it a little more fun and it kind of stretches you to see how much you can do with certain jobs. Like if you went with Paladins, you know, you can have one more tanky, one more DPSC and like some, one of them every so often will focus on actually using clemency and trying to heal the group a little bit. And like it kind of it kind of stretches just to see what you can do with the job outside of its basic like uses like even with yeah. monks you can have okay, one monk we'll in earth stance and one monk in the fire stance and like see what you can do with the job. It just allows for I don't know, just a little bit more fun. Like, I don't think you'd get any gear from it that would be, like, endgame breaking gear, but it would be something fun, and you'd get, you know, glamour or minions, you know, whatever. And okay, I think so it would be something cool. So that works for paladin and monk, kind of, not really. But what do you do with ninja, where we just, we just hit stuff? Or dragoon, where you just poke stuff? Well, actually, and dragoon has a whole new set of problems, because how the fuck are you going to get three dragoons together? Oh, ha, ha, ha. Um, no, I think it, it, it could work because with ninja, let's see, some, some of the ninjas can focus more on their, gosh, I don't know, but we, we'll, we'll require more um, uh, coordination between who dropped their trick attacks and stuff at which times and that kind of thing. And you'd have to you already do that. Yeah, yeah, I know, but like most people don't take more than one ninja, so this would require a lot of teamwork. Okay, so, okay, so you'd have to bounce hate using your hate tools. That's how ninja would work. 
Yeah, actually, you could do that. And like a scholar and white mage could also have some healing, some DPSing. Um, what other classes? Running through black mages. Um, one black mage would probably have to focus on healing or... Oh one, my gosh, we're going mages, back to Final no, Fantasy XI. No. no, but it would... Black mage, sub-white mage, you're, no. you're the heal It just allows you to, to play around with jobs a little bit differently. Um, some could focus on AoE, some solo targets, some maybe you actually need to use Blizzard and Fire, so you have one doing Blizzard, one doing Fire. I don't know. It just something different to change it up. I don't, it wouldn't be something game-breaking. It wouldn't be something end-game. It would just be something for the people who want to do it. I so basically they would make it and then people would do it for a few weeks and never touch it again. Yeah, it doesn't... Unless they made it how... Um, remember in FF11, if you cleared a trial, it would tell you the fastest person who cleared it, but every maintenance or whatever, it would reset. Um, so I still like don't think every, that's enough to keep every people Tuesday, back to it. Every, okay, then it would be like this. Every Tuesday, the, the leading person would reset, and then you'd get a new set of points, and you'd have to get points to get the glamours and the minions. It would be like time trial points. No. 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 <laughs> no. Okay, no. Okay, okay, that's fine. That's a good idea, but why do you have to limit it to job specific? Why can't you just have it be here's a thing you do with three or four people and the point is time trials and you have to find like the best job combination to clear it in the quickest time, you know? Yeah, I mean that would be cool too, and that would be more along the lines of assaults because then, you know, you used to get assault points to get those items and such, and that would be cool. I just the whole reason I was sticking with the job specific is just to just for fun, honestly. Just to see what you can do and what you can. Well, you can obviously always still just take in three people, but I don't think I don't think that you should go as far as to limit people right off the bat and what they can go in with. Maybe you could offer different incentives, like if you do go in with three of the same job or with no healers, with no DPS. I don't know, um, but I think I think the what what gets to the core of this though is is that that the game needs something new not even just necessarily a new a new encounter but they need to find a way to switch something up something maybe you know newer mechanics that 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 we're looking for a new uh, event porangatang says that every time a new patch is coming out i hear tanks bitch and moan about boring ass tank swap mechanics they want something new something different something challenging Personally, I think 3.0 stepped it up quite a bit with the tank swaps and full party encounters, but it would be interesting in hearing the crew's opinion on this subject and possibly some suggestions, maybe ideas for things that you've seen in other MMOs or that you think would be interesting. Do you have any thoughts in that regard, Nika, being our resident tank? Um, like, okay, so people are bitching about boring tank swap mechanics. Um... I'm trying to think. Like, a lot of the times originally in, in Coil, you would get around that by solo tanking or, you know, mixing that up a little bit. Um, Alexander's made it differently because they made it things like, oh, the boss splits in half and now you need each tank. So it's not a tank swap so mm -hmm. much as both tanks have to, to do things like that. Um, I was saying before that I didn't necessarily like that they were forcing us to have to use two tanks because that's why I liked the the difference between, you know, you could go with a warrior and a paladin or you can just let a paladin be its defensive awesomeness that it is and solo tank with a paladin and they were both legitimate strategies. Although now Square Enix is kind of like, no, you must do tank swaps at all times because we want you to have two tanks and not take advantage of the system, which, you know, has led to people not wanting to use paladins, yada, yada, yada. Um, so... I don't know. I don't think there's anything too wrong with tank swaps as long as the off tank can then either do damage or actually have a real role to play. Um, as I can tell you right now, I'm off tanking for AS3. 
And the reason I'm saying it's literally useless is because Paladin's damage compared to what a warrior would be doing as an off tank is literally zero. So I just, it, it's kind of lame. So I think if, if Paladin or something has to be an off tank and you're tank swapping and all tank tanks are viable, you need to give the off tank something to do that's not just waiting around to provoke. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. And actually with... Uh uh, we're not, we're not going to talk about too in depth about this because I think this has has uh, uh, enough weight to it to to probably carry its own own discussion show. But with the video being released recently for uh, the the two Savage A4 clears, uh, we've seen that the the both the two or free companies that have cleared it went about the mechanics differently. One of them dealt with them as they were intended to deal with them, and the other one sort of found ways around them. Okay. And I think that what this shows, again, we're not going to necessarily talk about whether or not those were, were right or wrong or good or bad, but it does bring up the interesting idea and concept that, that there are multiple ways to deal with, with encounters and with mechanics, okay? So it's not just about memorizing things and dealing with it, that mechanics in a raid or in a game should include risks risks besides just if you don't do this you're going to die okay um one of them was if, if they didn't kill the the big ad in the a4 encounter it sucked away all the mp right right uh -huh. okay that's fine because what that does is it makes the encounter more difficult okay most groups if that happened if you have no mp you're gonna die Okay, but if you have better skill as a player, if you know how to work together, if you can cooperate and communicate with each other, that's something that you can overcome through communication yes. and through skill. And exactly. that is what this game needs on, on all fronts is the ability to decide how are we going to tackle this problem. So it's not just about are we doing enough damage fast enough? No, we're not. We died. Being able to deal with things on the fly and make split-second decisions as they come to you is far more interesting than, are we putting out enough DPS this time? Nope. Oh, we died again. Exactly. That's what I've been talking about, about being able to react to a situation. Somebody dies or something happens that's not what you want, and it doesn't mean instant wipe. Like, I mean, even in T9, when you get, oh, two meteors are too close to each other, instant wipe. Like, it should be like, no, it's not an instant wipe, but you have to react to it fast enough or in a certain way in order to not instant wipe. Um, and that's why, going back to tank swaps, is I think that it's cool when you can decide different ways to even just tackle those mechanics. Like I was talking about either choosing to use two tanks or one tank and both being valid strategies. Like somebody, uh, I think Buddy, what's his name in the chat, is talking about tank swaps in T11, and I'm thinking about it. I have never taken two tanks into T11. Um, <laughs> like, we solo tank from the beginning. I think you're supposed to tank swap during um, Brainjack when the tank gets Brainjacked and uh, starts attacking other party members. But if you actually bring another party member up into the center of the boss, then the main tank will just attack that party member and not flip the boss around. And that's honestly what I did every single time. Um, and so in that case, if they're both... 100% valid strategies and like you know Square Enix never patched it so that you couldn't do that with Paladin so that you had to bring in two tanks they left it as a valid strategy and I think that going forward I would love to see things like that and that also leaves Paladin to be the defensive tank that it should be you know because I don't think you could do that so much with other tanks because when you're not using your cooldowns you're just taking flat damage but Paladin has more defense so it works out like that Oh, that was T8. That was turn 8, I'm sorry. Not turn 11. But, um, yeah, I got that mixed up. Just that was turn 8. 
uh, any thoughts on that? I mean, me and you probably have uh, the, the, the biggest resume when it comes to different MMOs played. Yeah, I think anything where instead of just saying if you get hit by this, you lose, or if you don't meet this, you lose, is poor, uh, poor design. Because instead of, like, obviously, if you fail a mechanic, you should make the fight harder. But if you can uh, overcome that harder mechanic and then have a different way of doing things, then it should be easy. It should be easier. Um, basically, anything that lets you like choose how you want to tackle a problem in a situation is better. So I like I like how Square Enix decided to make that uh, letting that big ad live and uh, not and just drain or when the big ad lives and explodes and drains all your mana. Instead of having it just wipe you, I think having it drain all your mana is a better way to do it because it's like you said, most people won't be able to keep up with the, the healing after that. But if you can, then you have that much DPS to put towards the boss. So I think anything that lets you choose how you want to tackle a situation is gameplay overall. Yeah, and hopefully that's something that, that we will see evolve going forward and that they will take uh, advantage of putting into the game because it's it's infinitely more interesting when you're put into a situation like that where you could fail to see that light at the end of the tunnel, to see that's where we need to get, that's where we need to finish, that's how we succeed. But getting there, you have to cross a bridge that's crumbling all around you. You know, that is far more interesting. It's your heart <laughs> racing a lot more. And it's just way more fun than, oh, crap. You know, we didn't hit the, the fucking dragon lance things. So now we have to all kill ourselves because we're not going to beat Bismarck. There's just no way at this point. To just have all that hope crushed in front of you and have to jump off the edge and start over is is soul-crushing, and you feel defeated every time it happens. Whereas if you see that light and, and you misstep and you fall off that crumbling bridge, you know that was your fault. You know how to correct it, what you have to do, and, and it's more interesting to see if you can make it this time than just, okay, I have to push my DPS harder. I have to push my DPS harder. We failed again because I didn't push my DPS harder. It's just it's not fun that way. And Slugs in the chat is actually po uh, posing a question. He says, uh, but people just let the ad explode on purpose and deal with the mana drain because it makes the fight easier. Is that a good idea when a mechanic that should punish you makes the fight easier? I don't think that that mechanic was designed to necessarily punish you. It's designed to make the fight different. If they want to punish you, they'd give the... Uh, they'd give the main boss like a damage increase that's basically unhealable or just do like max damage to you and make you lose. I think they were deliberate when they made it take away all your mana because now you have a different set of problems you have to overcome. But if you can't, now you have another option to go with the raid and you can choose to put all that DPS towards making a shorter fight if you can overcome the new problem of less mana. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and taking away your mana does make the fight harder, but it's a matter of, with your raid setup, which is harder? 
dealing yeah, with no mana or dealing with the add. So how did they deal with it? They had the machinists use the mana thing and then they died and they used the healer and went break and the machinists could do it again or something like that. Yeah. Yes. It was something like that. And I, I, I mean, I don't know. I can't tell if that was intentional or if that was just a workaround because I feel like with the intense type of DPS check that they're doing, I feel like that killing that add fast enough was supposed to be a DPS check. Mm, and probably. that and they, they, they're reacting with the instant wipe things are stupid. And so instead of being instant wipe, they're quote unquote instant no MP, which was supposed to lead to a wipe. However, they found a workaround to it. And I don't know if that was intentional or if that was just player, dis you know, I don't, I don't know. Well, the, it is player discovery, and it is an interesting uh, uh, concept and idea, and um, it's something that that uh, that I think we're going to talk about more in depth as a group. Probably not. It, it'll be interesting to see because there was wasn't there some similar thing on the Twitania fight where people was using well, and they did no, well, okay, there's a big difference the Twitania yeah. fight was actually exploiting a glitch in the game okay whereas right. that is this different. was deciding to self-suicide and things like that to to make mechanics mm -hmm. more manageable which in that way yeah it's exploiting the mechanics of the game but it's not exploiting a glitch like this was all within the game itself um, whereas that was like, oh, if we stand in a certain spot, Twintania can't hit us, so we can just sit here and do damage. That's different, because that was never intended. This, I mean, it was it's all within legal rules of the game. You know, suiciding, raising, and using the mana songs and whatever is totally legal. All right, well, uh, hopefully this, uh, uh, this idea or this concept of, of finding ways around mechanics is is something that that i would personally like to explore uh in 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 more detail in a future episode i know that that a nero is also uh very excited to to dive into a topic like that um i, I actually foresee foresee lots of salt <laughs> lots of salt uh in, in a thing like that um so so that's that yeah <laughs> it shall salt all of I'm the thinking, earth i'm thinking back to 11 wasn't there some where you could like talk to the starting point question mark in certain instances and like if you got attacked by monsters they wouldn't hurt you did they ever change things like I have that no idea i feel like Probably. stuff like that or like in in actually the first time we cleared pandemonium warden we won by actually logging out to avoid the astral flow mm -hmm. i wonder yeah, if you like that's logged... cheating <laughs> hey, 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 all right all right Acknowledged okay. it as legit All right. on their main page. So children, children, <laughs> but I'm back thinking. to your corners. Like I said, this but, is something we're going to try and tackle on a whole different but, show. But, there was lots of discussion to be had about this, this concept. Okay, first of all, we came up with a different way to clear, kill it after that, so whatever. But secondly, it's like, what if in A4 some people decided to like log out a healer so they wouldn't get hit with the, the MP drain and then logged back in? Could that work? Maybe like is that is that no, something that's, that's not dealing with mechanics? That's exploiting a glitch. It's, okay. it's not a glitch. It's legal. Children, to children. I'm children. just curious. Would that be something that could work? Would that be something that Square Enix would be forced to patch or something? I don't know. I don't know either. Yeah, you're gonna have to patch it because I, you can't you can't you just leave can't the fight. Guys, that's, you're making me act like an adult right now, and it's awkward. Okay, it makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> I don't like being responsible. It's, it's within the rules, and if that helps them avoid mechanics, I. It's not within it. the rules. You can't Personally, leave the fight and then come back in whenever you want. Who says? Oh my says gosh! All right, all right, all right, all right. Shelf it. Shelf it. One shelf thing I do want to point out: it's going to come back later when it spills over the shelf. It <laughs> is going to come back later on a future show, and I'm going to let you, you two, and Anero all duke it out because I think that Anero would probably end up being on, on Nika's side in all of this. So good luck, <laughs> Juxta. Good okay. luck. Well, one there. more thing I wanted to point out, though, uh, in that kill where they uh, let the uh, the big robot explode, 
Uh, they also avoided another mechanic by with the suiciding with the uh, uh, the Nissi me- mechanic is where you're supposed to have that big damage uh, damage over time debuff, but they just ignore that. And at the end, uh, I believe there's like a whole bunch of bombs you have to blow up while you have the Nissi mechanic on you, but they just let the mechanic. Uh, they just ignore the Nissi mechanic and let that fall off, and then the machinist explodes himself on the bombs to prevent the raid-wide damage. So that's how that ties in with the other thing. But yeah, so yeah. But those are those are things that we're going to discuss on 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 a future show because uh, I, I really want Anira to be here for that because I'm sure he has extremely strong opinions on it, just like our intern does. <laughs> Nika. Mm-hmm. Intern. <clears throat> All right. So, uh, was there any other types of theories or, or or crazy stuff like that that you guys wanted to tinfoil hat about things that you'd like to see in the game? Be they jobs, be they events, dungeons, anything like that. I would like events like okay. I remember back in eleven, it would be like event that happened once a year, and they would have like the ballista tournaments. I think they could have a PvP tournament between all the worlds where like the worlds would face off and then one PvP team from each each server you'd go head to head and you'd have like a PvP winner and they would get, you know, like a unique glamour item and that would be like once a year and I think that would be really cool. You don't think that the types of things that they do like at FanFest for that is is up that alley? Um, it, it definitely is, but not everyone can go to FanFest, whereas True. everyone can play the game from their house. And I think this way it allows you to actually be like server versus server, whereas at FanFest you're kind of with the first 72 people in line. Mm-hmm. You know, So I think this way it, you kind of battle it out on your own server first to be the best Limsa, the best whatever on your server, and then face off with other servers to have which server is the best PvP server or something. I think that would be fun. And then every, like, yeah, like a World Cup of PvP. And every year they would do it, and then, you know, the title would pass to another server or something. I think that would be fun. I think that it would be really cool to also have, have events like that that rally you together as a server. Or instead of just things like, all right, here's this new event, and you just go out and do it yourself, and once it's done, it's done where you have to do it, again, as a server, you have to collect resources, and you actually have to progress to certain oh. points together. Kind of like they, imagine- did that w- they did that with that doll festival, though. Do you remember yeah, that? I did not do the doll festival. I wasn't playing yeah. at the time. You but, had to go out and like dig for, for treasure boxes, fates. and when you turn them in, you, your, your server would build up you know, dolls, and once you got the entire set of dolls, then you could buy, your whole server could buy the, yeah, the yeah. special necklace. Something you know, cooler than just dolls and a special necklace, but basically how when you participate in Fate, where you collect stuff, except it's like a world fate. I think that kind of event would be really cool. That would be cool. Mm-hmm. Yep. Juxta, anything I've... else that you wanted to add? Yes. I want to, them to add two new races to this uh, to this Jane game. Oh! I want them to add uh, Vera to the game. Mm-hmm. Everyone wants that. And I also want them to add Viranga to the game. <laughs> wait, wait, what? What was that second one? Viranga? What's Viranga? Uh, it's a mixture between the Vera bunny people and the <laughs> Banga lizard people. <laughs> That was the joke that he made during a live letter when um, everyone wanted Viera and people were saying, no, maybe the bonga, that weird, like, t- two-foot bunny ugly-looking thing that was in FF12 also, and, like, mixed them together. And he's like, yes, new race, Viera bonga, or whatever it was Viranga. called. And everyone, like, freaked out, and then he's like, just kidding. 
It, it was really ugly, and you don't want it in the game. You nobody, really nobody can see this don't. right now, but I'm doing that thing you do when you just kind of tilt your head to the side and you grab your nose like at the bridge with your fingers because you have a headache, and you're just like, "Why do I work with these people? Why don't I have a way to silence Chuxta? Why the fuck did I agree to do this oh, while Nero was on fools. fucking vacation? That's what I'm doing right now." <laughs> yeah, it's her, it was an April Fool's joke. That's what it was. But, I want to be a bunny man. Yeah, actually, that is something we didn't touch on. Other races we'd like to see in this game. Uh, I think that kind of. I, I think uh, he basically Aura's hits it on the head. The expect. Yeah, all. yeah. Is does Aura have any place in any other FF lore, or is that like a, oh. a brand new? That was a brand new well, race, right? I mean, they took some design philosophies from. Oh gosh, what's that? Final Fantasy Tactics Two race. Oh no idea. I do like the idea of Vier, though. I think that that would be a welcome addition. Yeah, I, someday I think they might, but they think they're too close to Mithra. My, uh, or well, Mikote, I'm sorry, Mikote. Wow. Well, I think I think that would be I think that would be the the challenge in designing them. I don't think you can just be like, oh, here's a hero with bunny ears. I think that you're going to have to go a little bit further and make them more unique and a little more exotic looking maybe they're you know like way more they have to be i think tall like elvans are right but i think more slender than than muscular you know and you could just give longer legs a little bit longer arms just elongate certain parts of them so they look a little bit more male vr would be interesting because in, yeah. in ff12 lore you know there's only females so but i i feel like in this game they would make it a point to make males but my, my problem with, with both of the FFMMOs is, I think and it has more to do with Japanese uh, design and thoughts of, of character races, but they're all humanoid, very humanoid. And I think that a lot of Western RPGs and MMOs are okay with more beastly-looking races. Mm-hmm. So even though, you know, we, get a, we got a, a dragon or demon-based race, but it doesn't look like a demon. It looks like a person with demon qualities. Well, give us Whereas, bongos you know, like, then. Yeah, so, so yeah, that's what I'm saying, like bongas or something similar or like, you know, even trolls or things that are a little more gritty. Japanese MMOs seem to be very focused on the beautiful, pretty, you know, cute little pop stars with elements of other, you know, like well, no, no, cats no, and a cat tail. Like give us like no, more hold on. You, you can't say that Japanese people are focused on pretty, beautiful things when they give us femrose. <laughs> oh, shots Fuck. fired. Fuck. Oh man! Uh, I feel like that's a new game that we're gonna play. Who can get Nika to cuss on the show first? <laughs> you won it today. She turned around. You, you. Uh, <laughs> she turned around on the stream. Oh, you, I you win. You. you win the Trigger Nika Award for today, Jux. Congratulations. <laughs> Anyway, back to my point, is that I think it would be cool to have something that looks more like a beast as a playable person. But then again, if the lore is like, oh, people are scared of the Aura because they are unknown when Aura still look like beautiful hearers mm-hmm. with tails. I don't I can't imagine that they would be okay with beastly creatures running around. Like like something like instead we get beastmen, which are almost always enemies or you get that one clan of beastmen that's nice to yeah. you but you can't actually play as the beastman like having amalja it's it's humanoid enough you can run around as an amalja but you know that's a beastman and we'll probably never be able to play as an amalja but that would be a neat race to be able to play mm-hmm. as yeah. well that that but you have to remember that the armor sets in this game are like super like detailed and shit and i don't know how you could transfer that to a beastman uh beastioid type of race like an amalja you know I mean, look at... Maybe, uh, but something more troll-like. Like, we get the Lollafell, which are, like, cute little 
children. We don't get like something like a short troll with a beard and gritty like, you know, we don't get that in FF MMOs because they're not, I don't know, they're not pretty enough. You don't have horde races like in WoW. Yeah. Well, yeah. But no, I don't no, know. No lost there. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to say that, that it would be cool to try and say, yeah, we're getting Viera next for sure, or Banga for sure, but with the well, addition of Aura, which are pretty much completely 100% unique, I think it's it's really hard to tell exactly what race we might get next. Keycred. Yeah, okay. Well, Keycred, yes! <laughs> yes! <laughs> they have them as enemies. So. I don't care. I want to be a motherfucking Keycred. Or a Moogle? Kahlo the Keycred. Because like okay, let's think then. The Viera would be a mix of bunnies and humans, and Ara or like demons and humans. What others? Could, what other things could we mix? Or like elephant and humans, and elephants and humans. Elephant. Elephants <laughs> and humans. I want to be a shark man. Shark men. Or something yes. based more on fish. That would be kind of interesting. Dolphins. Like you'd have I just said shark. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, how would that work? Like, you'd have gills. No, or you would have like, a head. You would have a shark head. And a big mouth. Yeah. Oh, and a dorsal thing. You you could choose between like 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 you know how there's like Highlander and Lowlander and like you know like, like they always have two things to choose from. You can choose between like a great white or a hammerhead. <laughs> uh, or so uh, who is that in the uh, Limix and says? Oh, Viewmos is right. We already have elephants and humans. That's what a femro is. Okay, no, that doesn't work because there is absolutely nothing similar between an elephant and a femro. Nice try. Femros have really work. large feet. No, no, they don't. Nice try. Uh, let me see uh, the size of that nose, Nika. Come here. <laughs> kind of a I big nose. A very normal nose, actually. Look at the size and of that thing. Gross. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, or what about, or it doesn't even have to be animals, I don't know. Like, those guys is even on this episode. No, guys, Kooky's right. We need the Quan race from FF9. Oh my gosh. All right, are we... Are Wait, we which, race? which race? Quina. Oh, Quina's race. Oh, oh, never mind. Okay, yeah, move on. <laughs> Actually, yeah. that would be interesting. Could you imagine, like, a tank body on, like, a big fat Quan? <laughs> Uh, all right, so so centaurs. So we are we are getting pretty far in. We're already up to uh, about two two hours and twenty minutes, and we have we have thirteen emails today, guys. Okay. We have lots of emails, so we're moving into the email portion of our show now. Um, again, if you have any ideas or concepts or theories of your own that you would like to share us with us, the host, and possibly get them read on air during one of our next episodes, please, please, please email us at hosts at limitbreakradio.com. We would love to hear what thoughts you have. So moving into emails, I'm going to take the first one, which is from a good friend of ours. And it says, hey, crew, insert RAR because they forgot to. It's been a while. I've been busy on Balmung, punching things in the face and kicking things in the butt. General monkey business. Kahlo, write more. Annie, talk more. Anyway, I was relieved to hear on your last show a caller who professed some dissatisfaction with the job class of summoner. This has long been on my mind. The job is just unappealing to me. Now, I have a level 50 Arcanist, which I leveled for the purpose of using Scholar. I run dungeons as Summoner for giggles, and I'm not suggesting in any way that the job is broken or inefficient. My complaint with them is purely aesthetic and mostly personal opinion. It's underwhelming. It's a ho-hum pet class. A magician playing with dolls. I just don't comprehend what the job wants to be. It's very easy to make comparisons to the Summoner job in Eleven, but why shouldn't we? 
In Lou, when I summoned an avatar, I was summoning a manifestation of what was essentially a god, tall in stature and visually impressive. They were the stars of the show, and I was happy to be their escort into this realm. When I summon Garuda or Ifrit in 14, I just look at the irradiated action figure floating beside me, and I'm just <laughs> depressed. What happened to summoners being the flashy heavy hitters? Where are the reasons for my summoners to be notable in battle? I'm a monk main, and when I watch myself going to town on a training dummy, the DPS isn't as important to me as the way I look amazing, landing combo after combo. Stylish moves displaying whatever I f what everything I feel a powerful martial artist should be. With summoner, I get none of that feeling. I don't need a 30-foot avatar crowding up the arenas and hallways of my duties, but I do feel like Summoner was a botched attempt at creating a job. It's a job that practices evoking up powerful entities, and I should be the one lucky enough to have them on my side, not constantly reminded that I feel nothing for the colorful pinata beside me. Also, quick note, you were talking about community feedback playing part of the metagame. Just felt I should re reiterate what a lot of people often don't consider. This is not our game. It's not our vision. It's a creative mind at Square Enix. They have a purpose and a plan, and more importantly, a vision of what they wanted to make. When a company starts changing a game based on what a community cries about, they're often making compromises to their vision. Let them craft their masterpiece, only informing them that they've occasionally missed a spot. Love you guys. Still tell Farima, a.k.a. Deadly Bunny, a.k.a. Silite Winky oh, Face. Silite. Um, first of all, on your summoner thing, that was a very, very colorfully painted picture, and I think you more or less encapsulated exactly what a lot of summoners feel their job is lacking. So, thank you for that, and I would expect no less. Um, as for your note about the, the, the meta discussion, that's, that's completely true. Um, uh, and I think there is constantly, especially if you go to the official forums, there is no shortage. We want, we want. Yeah, there is no shortage of we wants complaining about what they think the game should have, what they think the game should make, blah, 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 blah. And I think that, that Square Enix definitely has a vision in mind. Yoshi P has a vision in mind. And it's not something that, that he's going to compromise for, for any level of, of we wants in the game. Did, uh, who wants to take the next email? It kind of looks like it's a short one. Juxta? Sure. <laughs> this, is, this is one of our short emails. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even that short. All right. Sure isn't. Uh, this is from Marcus Ragnar of Sargentanus. He writes, Hey, LOBR, writing this email while listening to episode 29. Tried to call in uh, to the meta discussion, but it didn't make it in, so I'm sending this instead. My beef as someone who main Bart up until two months before... Uh, 3.0 early access dropped is the change in playstyle is why I was playing Bard to a style I actively dislike. If I wanted to play a goddamn caster class, I'd pick up Turn Black up the salt, Mage. Jux. I'd pick up Black Mage or Summoner. Good. I, uh, I like being able to run around well, and shoot Don't drop people. it. Keep the salt going. <laughs> I like to be able to run around and shoot people. Especially because as someone with a cra rather crappy PC, I couldn't always dodge AoE easily until I got better at the game. And being locked into one spot to do damage is why I haven't tried to play the Disciples of Magic classes past 15 to any serious capacity. Even if I do want the level 60 summary title. I'd be fine if White Mage gave smaller damage boost. Or, White Mage. I'd be fine if Wanderer's Minuet gave a smaller damage boost. Say, half of what it is now. But Bard kept their mobility. 
having skills uh, with cast times by default. However, it wouldn't be so bad because, hey, you get to line, a chance to line up all your cooldowns to ramp up your damage to Freight Tain going, th- going Kool-Aid Man through wall levels. Imperial Arrow chunks, uh, chunks down <laughs> things. <laughs> Jesus, man. Uh, chunks down things like, like crazy. Having a cast timer on that would be fine. Since nobody, to my knowledge, actively uses it unless barrage is up anyway. I could see similar things being applied to Machinist as well to keep things fairly uh, even between the two ranged uh, physical DPS classes, with Bard being more sustained damage with their DOTs and Bloodletter procs, and Machinist being the burst damage class with Wildfire and Ammunition skill procs. Now, if anyone who actually likes the caster classes, Wondrous Minuet and Goss Barrel, as they are right now, just dropping my two cents in the matter. Keep doing your thing, LBR. You guys are fucking awesome. P.S. Hashtag Roll Lives Matter. And I'm glad to see all our representation from Jux of the Hut. <laughs> all right, so Jux, you 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 probably have the most experience on Bard. Yeah, I haven't played it since one year's minuet because you know I don't uh, I don't want to cast arrow, so, <laughs> some kind of arrow mage. <laughs> yeah, but, no, uh, I I think he raises a good point though, and it kind of gets lumped into that same category as as Silite's email. About summoner in a way, you know, Bard had a specific play style, and and it's kind of changed up now. You know, for for a lot of people, it does feel like the job's completely changed around. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's the primary reason why I leveled uh, Bard to be to begin with is because I could run and gun, and not even be looking at the mob and still shooting off my uh, abilities and shit. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. All right, there's uh, there's a lot of cursing in this next one, Nika. Do you think you have the appropriate level of salt to deliver on it? Well, we can find out. All right. All right, here we go. It says, hey again, I listened to 29 and thought I'd add something I'm pretty sure most are thinking or a thought that is in pieces that maybe I can put together. When the conversation of Paladin comes up, there is a lot to examine. Some say the heels can DPS more. Some say search for more within the DPS. Some say fuck the pompous lass and grab a warrior. <laughs> let, let me say in advance that I have warrior at 60. I think that the problem is that there is absolutely no exclusivity to the individual player. If they'd allow for some individual choice, then maybe we'd have more options. Square Enix painted themselves into this corner. Tank, healer, two DPS mix well, or not even all that well. If the Paladin could have a talent tree, like wow, maybe they could end up with a more DPS-friendly version that maybe sacrifices their mitigation. Effectively, that makes them like the other jobs. The real issue that Square Enix has created is that by making it so user-friendly to play, they have also made the job classes very vanilla. Believe me, as you well know, for every decision made, someone will bitch. Crazy to think that any aspect of FFXI would be desired again, but you've got to admit, they didn't give a single fuck what their player base thought or wanted. So now they care too much, maybe? There's always going to be the cool kids aspect to any game like this. People examine stats far too closely not to pull back the proverbial curtain on the jobs. So what do they do? What would anyone do? I think it's far easier to bitch than to solve. Christ, if it wasn't for porn and bitching, what the fuck would the internet be for? Amen! (laughs) They even talk of additional jobs. I would love to see Red Mage in this game. I played one in 11, but I don't think I would want to play the version of this game that it would create. So again, I ask, what would you do? 
Do you expand parties to five people and make dungeons harder and by extension raids, etc.? So they justify an enhancement class to join the fray or do they homogenize the whole thing and just add more of the same shit? The truth is there's always an in crowd in life, work, games, etc. I have a level 50 paladin, 51 dark knight, and I'm not sure what to think when there is so much favoritism being had. Until the game can allow for a warrior who could DPS and a summoner who could heal and a something that's not supposed to tank but is actually tanking, you're going to have this issue. What I miss most about Eleven above all else is the sub-jobs. They give us a choice of secondary talents provided the proper jobs are leveled, but the ones used are always the same. You can put skill points into anything, but if you are worth a damn in your chosen class job, everyone puts them in the same place. You want best in slot? Then hit the newest raid or dungeon your brain into submission for tokens to buy it. Where the fuck is the creativity here? How the fuck am I asking where creativity is in a game? I nixed Alex only days into the expansion, and it didn't take long for me to stop playing FF14. I have only been on a handful of times since then. I just don't get anything from it. Someone please help me find what I once saw in this game. To sum it up, we're fucked. Good night and good luck. Uh, Joffrey, a.k.a. Aokiji Kuzan on Ragnarok. Uh, he says, P.S. You have a tendency to go on a I'm doing this my way and I don't give a fuck what you think tirade every week now it seems. If you don't give a shit, then don't give a shit. Haters are gonna hate, lovers are gonna love, and the rest of the bullshit the Bobsy twins always say next. Well, just like haters are going to hate and lovers are going to love, a Nero likes the sound of his own voice, so Nero's are going to a Nero. Yeah, I was pretty much. for the nutter's going to nut in that one. Didn't have that. I'm a Nero today. Okay, I can't. <laughs> I can't. I don't know. You, uh, should, yeah, you have to wait for the point, right though. spot. You have to, he does. No, he does. It's absolutely right. Um, just the in, overall... In terms of the... But I, I feel like the way this game is, is what I was saying in, during our meta discussion, is that this game kind of f feels like there's a best-in-slot or a best way to do everything. We've talked about how there's not a lot of variety in the raids, there's not a lot of variety in customization. I mean, we have the, uh, the option to put stats into other parts and other stats, but I mean, I guess tanks have the option of splitting up strength and vitality, but other than that... Every other class puts everything into the exact same stat. And if you don't, then you're not best. You know, so I feel like they had so much, you know, uh, opportunity to allow like, oh, a more GPSC whatever or a more Healy Black Mage who put some into mind or whatever. But since everything has a best way to do everything and the DPS checks are so harsh that if a Black Mage wanted to spec that way or if a Scholar wanted to spec more for DPS or whatever, it, it's just not best. So don't do it. And that allows for not a lot of customization. Yeah, uh, it, it does definitely take us back to the, the idea of uh, not just job homogenization, but just the homogenization of, of the game in general. And, you know, we're hoping that as 3.1 and 3.2 drops, it starts to change up the way the game operates a little bit, because as, as things are going... Um, you know, I'm 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 right there with uh, with Joffrey. That uh, I basically only log on at this point to to flesh out my my esotomes. So we'll see what the future holds. Yeah, I'll admit I really only log in for raids right now, but that is largely due to Metal Gear. And when I finish that, I'll probably play 14 a lot more. Yep. Uh, Juxta, why don't you take this next email so you don't get so you don't get stuck with a long one? Uh, so my hold. Who's this from? Uh, doesn't look like it says. Nope, I don't think All it right. says. So, my perspective on Summoner is that it's in a great place right now, and the 14 iteration is 1,000 times better and more interesting than what Summoner was for years in 11. A mana tank, a mana tank white mage. Shots fired. Hashtag it. 
Uh, main complaints I hear about Summoner are visuals and, quote, feel. For people who complain about visuals, go back and watch the Astrophils of Eleven summons. They are really unimpressive. There's some nostalgia bias going on here. The Eggies do look a little lame, but I think it's more to do, uh, more to do with their design instead of the fact they are, quote, mini-summons. I.e., uh, the Ifrit Eggie graphically looks uh, much better than Groot or Titan, just in terms of detail. And there are obvious reasons why having huge pets running around in the field would be bad for visibility, etc. As for feel, what a lot of people want for summer some iteration of the uh, generally overpowered AoE nuker it is in other games in the series, which is untenable in an MMO. This is a bigger issue because, quote, feel is the same reason why people are against things like Dark Knight being a tank class or the addition of red slash blue mage because they might not function exactly like they do in the rest of the series. Personally, I'd much rather use the... You... Much... Fuck. Personally, I'd much rather them use classic jobs and take a spin on them so they fit the 14 balance of the game rather than add a bunch of jobs with no history or connection to Final Fantasy. All that being said, the Rami Eggy tease at the end at the beginning of the Summoner 3.0 questline was a huge troll move by Square Enix. Aha, <laughs> that's awesome. Yes, it was. Uh, yeah, um, I disagree with this email on one point, saying that they uh, uh, they have good uh, uh, AOE anymore. Uh, at the moment, Summoner is actually the best AOE in the game. So we are once again like the. Uh, uh, or Final Fantasy feel, where they just annihilate trash mobs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting look on Summoner compared to what to what to what we've been getting. Uh, and I actually like that we got it in the exact same episode as the Silent one because they're more or less talking about the same thing, but feel different ways on it. And I'm gonna also have to disagree with the. Uh, with the, the email here and side with the majority of summoners. I mean, I haven't even leveled them, and I just, yeah, I don't know. Like, lo- looking at this one that we have on the stream right now, like, that's all that you have, and you don't even really use it. Yeah, sorry, that's pretty lame. Yeah, um, I, I think it, Ash Saber in the chat actually said if Summoner had been called Evoker, like in FF3, it was called that, I think it would be a little bit different. Oh, but maybe. when you think of summoning, you're, you're trying to summon the entity, but instead we. I do think it does kind of look like an action figure. You know, it's not... They said that in the email, right? It looks like something I would put on a birthday cake or something. You know, I wouldn't... <laughs> I wouldn't want to fight with that, right? I don't know. So, I, I mean, I could... Like, take look at my Garuda. It's, like, floating there. It's fluffy. It's, take away the magic aura, and I could cuddle up with it and sleep at night. You know what I mean? Like, it's not something that I would fight with. It's not something I would summon from the abyss of darkness, from the deepest realms of all of Eorzea, to summon a stuffed animal. <laughs> So, yeah, there's a Titan now. <laughs> yeah. Um, even the Titan looks like it could be kind of fluffy, even though it's a rock. It's still, it, you know, it's very cute. Like, these are very cute. And I'm used to, you know, if someone were to be like this menacing, I can invoke the power of the gods type of job, I, I don't want a cute stuffed animal. Yeah. Uh, I, think, I think the problem with the feel of Summoner is that uh, Bio, Miasma, Bio 2, Ruin, these aren't like summoner skills they're like poison and they're like what red mage skills should be yeah they're like none of these things like scream summoner to me i mean when has ever an uh, summoner used energy drain or pain flare like none of these things or virus like these aren't summoner abilities yeah yeah summoner thematically really really needs an overhaul Mm -hmm. i mean jesus in the chat is saying that uh 
that um, oh, where to go? Uh, that summoner is high is is on high demand in the raiding environment. Yeah, no, uh, mechanically and as they exist in the game, you're right. They're absolutely great. The biggest uh, complaint that people have is just that they don't feel like summoners. Yeah, I yeah. think if they had made Blue Mage or Red Mage have these kind of uh, stat-down abilities and dots that you can spread amongst everything, nobody would care. Like, the job as it, in the balance of the game is fine. It's just in terms of what people want summoners to be, it, it isn't there. Mm -hmm. Yep. That, that's the problem. Yep. Uh, our next email. Hey, LBR. Danta Wahoom here from Sargantanis. Before my little ramble begins, I'd like to say thank you to all of the hosts for having such an entertaining show. Brings me a lot of laughs and information between sessions on 14 and long drives to work. With that being said, let us begin. My experience tonight with Heaven's Ward has been faced with an extremely irritable topic to be discussed. Lack of initiative. I'm still working my way through the main story, but considering my time with the game, I have quite the handful of incidents where a group will just abandon the trials without giving it their 100%. As an early example of the opposite, my first run against Titan was surprisingly difficult. Our group wiped about five or six times. Maybe we sucked. I don't know. Either way, we kept going to understand what to do and to survive. Guess what? We did it. We succeeded in wrecking Titan, and it gave us great spirits onward. At that point, it seems the majority have now have the mentality of, if we wipe twice, we will never win. What I am speaking in regards to in recent times is my first running of Bismarck, aka Final Fantasy X's Sin, special guest live appearance it seems. First attempt, we wipe before taking down the second of the twin dragons during phase one. Immediately, the group starts with the wah! We don't have the DPS for this fight, we might as well quit. What happens in round two? We get past the dragons and all survive the heavy hit. However, it seemed like through some carelessness and televisioning DPS runners, we failed down to take the big whale in its final phase. What happens? Everyone, we must abandon! Run! Everyone teleports out, votes to abandon, grabs a coffee from Starbucks, and has a great freaking day! Well, that's not how I do things, damn it. <laughs> it, was, it wasn't highly discouraging, but it was still extremely annoying seeing how easily folks will throw in the towel when they can't have just face roll the boss. Now, as I queue for my next attempt, I hope to run into some players with more confidence than the two-wipe abandoned mentality. Have any of you experienced something like this frequently? Thanks for taking the time to read the short novel of an email and keep up the excellent work. Danta Wahoon, King Bibli on Twitch. Yeah, sadly, I have been on both sides of that before. Um, uh, early on when Ultima uh, Hard Mode was first was first put out, um, you know, I didn't tackle it till a little bit later when we actually got Echo on it. But uh, I'd go in a few times and you know we'd wipe at 50, 30, 20, 10. So we're getting better. Like we're getting closer and closer with each Echo, right? So we finally got to the point we wiped at one percent, and then we were at full Echo. Everybody quit. Like like just one more attempt. We would have done it. Like, we're getting exponentially better. Why would you quit just before we've done it after spending, like, an hour in there? It's so fucking annoying. But I've also been one of those people where I get into the chrysalis, we wipe horribly, and I'm like, I can't fucking deal with this right now, and I leave. <laughs> well, yeah, that makes sense if you wipe after the first try. I mean, if you're in there for an hour and you're going to get it the next fucking try, then, yeah, stay that time. Yeah, I, honestly, I still see it in fucking Steps of Faith. And the thing is, is that <laughs> if you you can clear that now by just attacking the boss and not even using the fucking dragon killers. And, like, people will still see it and instantly... It's always a tank, too, I feel like. I get Steps of Faith on Trial Roulette, and the tank leaves 
instantly. Like, you've got to be kidding me. It's half the time that it used to be. It's, it's still less time than a lot of other trials are. So I don't know why that that is still such a big problem for people to do. Solo tank it, Nika. Yeah. It, you can. It's difficult to do. But, I mean, I've done that because you just have to hope that the people on the cannons, you know, don't get pissed off mm -hmm. if something hits them once or twice before you get the mobs off of them. But for the most part, you I mean, you don't, you only really need one person on cannons half the time. You can hit the first dragon killer pretty easily and completely ignore the second one and you'll kill it just, you know, really quickly. So, I don't know. But, yeah. Um, I, I've had a few chrysalis groups like that, too, but I feel like it's always just, it, it's only usually one wipe and then we win the second time because someone doesn't understand the mechanics of the meteors or the tiers. Yeah, and, yep. But yes, Danta, that, that that does suck. It is unfortunately, I think, one of the uh, just one of the evils of MMOs in general. Nico, would you like to take this next one? Sure. It's uh, another it, summoner one. It seems to be everyone is. <laughs> Why is everyone talking one about summoner? And, well, we God. talked about summoner a lot in our last. Uh, At last least it's not right? fucking paladins this week. But, well, that's true. That's true. It's, it's very interesting to see though which people feel that summoner it needs to be changed or the feel is different or mm -hmm. you know it, it's very interesting. Thank you for all these emails. Look, look, look. As community leaders in the metagame industry, we are just doing our part to to give pieces of the metagame back to Square Enix so that they can change their vision when they're crafting this game for us. Right. So let's see how, which side of the coin this person's on. Um, hey guys, firstly, just want to say I love the show and use it to make my daily roulettes more endurable and give me things to think about as I go about my business in FF14. The following comments are about summoners and their feel and aesthetic within the world <laughs> of Final Fantasy XIV. I am writing you to discuss the comments made on Summoner in your last podcast, episode 29. While I normally don't bother with this sort of stuff, and given the fact that it was only a caller's comment and it wasn't a main discussion, something about the idea that Summoner should be more summoner and have more summons irked me enough to write a response. Oh, here we go. These discussions have been occurring all over the forums and Reddit for a long time now. And while most people have come to either accept the idea that Summoner is a DOT-based DPS or they like the job as it is and there's still this idea that Summoner doesn't fit the uh, brief of what Summoner should be. To me, a Summoner only requires to have the ability to summon. Well, I do accept that FF14 Summoner doesn't fully emphasize summoning as the key element that defines the Summoner job, I feel that its presence in the design of the class is great. Essentially, the Summoner job in this game is a DOT-based class, with the Eggie being a glorified DOT themselves with utility added onto them. The way that Square Enix evolved the job in Heavensward to me was probably the best way to make changes and improvements. Having the Eggie as an accessory to my DPS and my utility greatly empowers me as a player of the job and makes me feel far more invested in playing the job. The idea of making the job more focused on Eggie summoning seems to be a clunky way to design a job. Having the Dreadworm Trance as the main addition to Summoner this expansion is a completely complementary way to evolve the class and essentially still stays true to the Summoner brief. If Square had only just added more Eggies, I would have been very upset and feel that it would have been a very clumsy and uninspired way to grow the job. Eggie Glamours is definitely a positive step in creating variety for the Summoner's Eggies rather than having the dev team try and create new niches and mechanics for the new Eggies to fulfill. On top of this, when I look back at summoners found in previous games, there isn't one clear example. Characters such as Yuna, Garnet, and Aiko all were healers in their respective games, while Rydia was the only summoner whose focus was on dealing damage. Overall, I currently love the summoner design and would love to hear what you guys think on the matter. Thanks for your time. Um, Avelet Luval on Tonberry Server. Wow. Very well-written email and a uh, very, very well-designed argument, too. You got me. It's a good argument, but you're wrong. Summoner doesn't feel summonery. <laughs> he has a good point, though. Not, <laughs> it's a very good point. Like, I don't know how to argue with that. 
Yeah, because now that I'm thinking, Unigarna Eiko were all healers and only Ridio was a summoner. Mm -hmm. If you think about it, I wonder... I mean, obviously, it's way too late now, but if they had made summoner a healer from the beginning who could summon and do a little bit of damage, like their, their DPS stance, like instead of swapping to cleric stance, they would swap with the summon, do some damage, swap back to healing. I wonder how that could have played out in this game. Yeah, no, uh, I, I have to agree with everything they said, and really at this point, you know, people like Juxta, their only recourse uh, uh, against that is just that, no, it needs to feel more summony. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, the chat, some people in the chat now are saying, does that just mean the summoners are becoming the new we wants at this point? Because the summoner job is, you know, fine the way it is. It oh, doesn't need come to... on. Summoner was always the we want. <laughs> we want bigger eggies. We want eggies with our eggies so our eggies can eggy while we eggy. Summoners Let go of my eggy. Uh, basically, the way that I see it right now is, is summoners are would be, uh, summoners are what I would be if I wasn't happy with ninja. Like if I wanted ninja to be really? thief, yeah. If I wanted ninja to be thief, I would essentially be a summoner because ninja's a great job. It's fun. It does exactly what a thief would do in the game. The only difference is it's not called a thief, right? Summoners summon. They they, they do everything this person said. The only difference is they don't have steel. They don't have a giant. Summoner. We have mug. We have mug. Oh, okay. Okay, but what can you? What do you steal from it with mug? Whatever items they carry. Yeah, it just gives them an increased chance yeah. to drop. Oh, but, yeah, that's but, right. But, that's but right. it's basically it, it, it's basically it. Summoners do what summoners do. The only difference is <laughs> that do, do. you don't have a giant summon or that your moves don't have the right names. I think part of it had to do with when you're an Arcanist, you actually get a full-sized Carbuncle summon. And then when you become a summoner, you can't even summon Carbuncle anymore. Yeah, and that's dumb. Get, and you don't get the full go? summon anymore. That's so funny. I think that, that was kind of like a tease that they took away from summoners. Yeah, poor Carbuncle. Like, I think, you know, you have Garuda, who's the physical, or no, the magical, Ifrit is the physical, and then uh, Titan, who's the tank. I think you should still be able to summon Carbuncle as more of a healing and support. That would be cool. Yeah. And make it more like you could swap between summons easier to be more utility. I don't know. Well, like we said, you know, we'll see what we get going forward. Uh, Juxta, another kind of short one. Alrighty. You're getting, you're getting have... a lot of mic time today, man. I know. It's great. Well, only I'm, great <laughs> I'm definitely not sick today either or anything. <laughs> All right. Uh, we got uh, Geldnar Hothbane of Gilgamesh writing in. And he's talking about Summoner. No, just kidding. I would like to throw in my two pennies into this metagaming episode. I do like uh, to metagame myself at times, but on the flip side as well, when is there too much metagaming talk? Sometimes players do too much metagaming, and with all the years of myself playing MMOs, I heard a lot of it. Sometimes too much metagaming and not a, lot, not a lot actual gaming makes for a less productive and enjoyable time while logged into a game. Meta gaming talk, in my experience, should be done on off raid days uh, or after the group is done for the night, so players have time to process the information and try to include their strats, include into their strats rotation, etc. Uh, when the group raids next, but meta gaming is good to have, but not good to talk about it all, all the time. Also, does being a good player give them the right to act like jerks or worse? Yes. If you're a good player, no. you can be a dick. Oh. oh, no, no, you can't. Uh, you're not allowed to be a jerk ever. Uh, there are times, there are players out there that are good, 
but have a bad or toxic attitude when it comes to interacting with other players in Final Fantasy XIV. And does uh, SE give these players, good players, a pass when their behavior gets them reported? Uh, I have seen some players act terrible to other players, but because they are good, they give that player a pass. Well, other players who act and behave the same way get a ban? Uh, I don't think that's true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it probably has to do with the severity of the action or, or, or proof behind it or, or something, but I'm, I'm pretty sure Square Enix has never been like, oh, Elysium, you are a world first, so even though... So no ban. You know, you're, <laughs> even though you, know, you completely yeah. like stomped all over their mother and talked about how you, know, you completely griefed them and whatever else. You, right. I, I like you, so you say. And questioned I, their sexuality. Yeah, I don't. I don't believe Square Enix has ever done that, or ever will. Yeah, but, yeah, I think so. But, so. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but to answer your other question, no, being good at a game does not allow people to be jerks. But unfortunately, with the protective anonymity of the internet, jerks get away with being jerks. Jerkers gonna jerk. Jerkers gonna jerk. Oh, yep. but context phrasing, please. <laughs> hey, Jerker's gonna jerk and Nutter's gonna nut. There you go. Alright, I'll take the next one here. Hey crew, uh, Khaled Nosair from the Sarge server. All the theories about the Warrior of Darkness that are going around, maybe we get to choose if we want to be a Warrior of Light or Darkness. Kind of like two factions. It would add more competition to the game since you could PvP in the open world if you wanted to. SE could make it only in the new zone so there are no pussies killing new players. Danger to the world in an all new way. Hunts and fates? You need to compete with other factions like a claim system that can also be applied to the new islands. Two 24-man groups would fight for control of that island. Island. I don't know something new that maybe they can try. Also, if given the choice, would the LBR crew be divided or united? Ooh. That would be fucking awesome. But will never happen. <laughs> it I wouldn't never see happen. it. It definitely wouldn't happen in open world PvP type of way. Um, I could see it maybe during the main storyline. You could have choices that would affect the storyline that plays out just for you. But I can't see it coming into play as an entire server thing. I, I don't think so, because the, the, the moment you introduce a choice like that, it completely changes the direction and the dynamic of the storyline, and then you are dividing your well, resources to make two different things, and and the narratives for MMOs are normally very, very strict okay, and very no, driven. Well, what if it's like, like Mass Effect? Like, there's the Paragon and Renegade type yeah. of weight? And regardless of if you pick the Paragon or Renegade options, the story still plays okay, out. Okay, sure, so but... Like you still go on to the next mission, the next planet, and the True. next big bad guy comes. Okay. You just act a little bit more rough or a little bit more you, happy, you, you know. You've got a point, but in that case, I don't think that the Warrior of Darkness would be at all what we thought it would be to where you end up having to fight them at the end or, or become a new a new antagonist. So if they were to do something like that, it would, it would, it would be quite the upset, I think. Yeah, and I think especially because we saw the Warrior of Darkness with Asians, I think if we could choose, it wouldn't be more like a Paragon Renegade, which would be cool. It would be more like you'd side with the Asians or you would become yeah. their pawn or their leader or something, and it would definitely change the story in a way that I don't think Square Enix would play out. Yeah. Uh, as for if LBR would be divided or united, I'm pretty sure I can say that Nika would be Warrior of Light. Probably. I would choose Warrior of Light. Ascalia would choose Warrior of Light. Anira would go Warrior of Darkness. And what I the think fuck is that, wrong with you pussies? Be Warrior of I Darkness, think that, man. Yep, that Juxta would go Warrior of Darkness, too. So there's your answer. We would so, definitely be divided. What about Ascalia? Wow. Ascalia would go light, yeah. So, yeah, I think yeah. so, too. Mm -hmm. why, would you, why would you be Warrior of Light? I'm a paladin. That's where I belong. Oh, well, not you. 
I know you would be late. Why would you, Kahlo? Because, because at the heart of it, uh, I am a good guy. Well, just because you're a warrior of darkness doesn't mean you're not a good guy. Yeah, I mean, if it plays out in the sense of, you know, being more of a renegade versus Paragon, you're still a good guy. But if it came into the choice of joining the Asians, that would make you a bad guy. And remember that in Final Fantasy III, there was warriors of darkness who sealed away that big bad person. And they were good people. Well, I don't know. I guess we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, Nika, take this next one. We don't have any short ones coming up, so we're just gonna we're just gonna go back and forth, me and you, and let sick chucks to sit out a few. <laughs> All right, sounds good. All right, this one is from Versath Baru from the Coral Server, and he says, "Hey, LBR, last week's show was." great, and I'm really glad you guys are discussing the metagame. So many players of any game really fall on knee-jerk reactions when it comes to what does and doesn't change with each patch without considering how much more there is to discover about the game. There's 101 things I could talk about on that subject, but I wanted to talk about Wanderer's Minuet, and here we go again, specifically because I think people are looking at it all wrong. I was talking about DPS with my static because we finally stepped into Savage recently and our bard is still salty about having to stand still in DPS. <laughs> I want to put forth his perspective. Bards didn't lose their mobility, they just get more DPS when they don't have to move. This is how I've always looked at Wanderer's Minuet, and now that they got rid of the cast time on it, I basically view it as Cleric stands for Bards. If you know you're not going to be moving much, you use Wanderer's Minuet. You still have the option to turn it off and go back to the run and gun style should you need to. As I see it, Bards now get the best of both worlds. Take Ravana X, for example. When you're pulling the balls around the room, the Bard is the one of the only jobs that is still doing very high damage, while everyone else, especially actual black mages, are doing next to nothing. I just think if people had a different perspective, they would be less bitter about Wanderer's Minuet. Anyway, great show, and don't, I don't always agree with you assholes, but I respect you all the same. Keep it up with love, Versaf Baru from Coral. Okay, that is I'm exactly gonna say... what Bard is supposed to, what Wanderer's Minuet is supposed to be, I'm pretty sure. No, okay, this is, this is the real, reality of Final Fantasy XIV. Every job does roughly the same DPS um, given equal player skill and equal gear. So, and that's using all of your abilities on cooldown and doing the maximum DPS. So, if you turn off Wanderer's Minuet to move around, you are now doing less than your uh, maximum da damage. Now you're doing like 80% or 90% of your maximum damage. And that means you're being bad. So it's not like you're getting bonus damage. You're doing less damage than what you right. should be doing. I think what you described in your email is what they intended for Wanderer's Minuet. But Jux is right. If you're looking at the DPS checks and you're looking at which uh, DPS to take with you, Bard is not getting its full potential if you don't use Wanderer's Minuet. So in that case, yeah, you're still doing damage. Maybe in something like Ravana where you're moving the balls, that's, that's a good point. But in terms of like Alexander Savage, you're losing out on a lot of DPS without it. Yeah, unfortunately, in this case, it's the metagame that, uh, that's hurting it the most. Next or one. the fact that DPS checks will wipe you if yeah, you don't. Yeah, because if you're not doing it, like, it's one thing for you to say, oh, well, I just don't want to do it. Like, it's not a big deal. I'm still doing damage. But people know you could be doing more. Yes. Yep. Exactly. All right. So our next one comes from a longtime listener, Taser Smurf. Hey, LBR hosts and listeners. Taser Smurf from Midgar Sormer here with my take on why so many people love Harchenfarnt and why his death was so effective. I feel that some of the hosts and other people have forgotten all of the things he did or ways he interacted with us. For instance, how many forgot that he was the brown horse helm during the first New Year's event? Oh, it's, really? <laughs> it's what his quote on his what? triple triad card is from. Wait, wait, wait. Hang on. The, the very first New Year's event, he's the one who gave you the brown horse hat? I guess so. Huh. 
I... Huh. Oh, okay. Uh, anytime we went to the Corythus Highlands, we had to drop in and say hi. The only friendly face we saw there. Who, who would have investigated in the claim of Francel being a heretic himself if they weren't so close? After we help him clear Francel's name, he points us to where the Enterprise is, instead of the asshole at the observatory who acted like he didn't have a clue what we were talking about. When we go to find out about why the shipment to Revenant's toll got delayed, who do we go to see? Harshenfont. Who, until he saw our face, thought it was a social call? The man was our fanboy and very emotive, at least in the Japanese version of the cutscenes. If you don't believe me, go to YouTube and look up Harch and Fart and scroll down to see the Japanese video where they do a comparison of the CS. The English version is in a small box in the lower left corner. The emotiveness is what made me love him. I seriously thought he was going to bear hug my Lalafell in the cutscene where he states he had to be restrained by three of his men because he was that worried about us during our first dealings with Shiva. Could you imagine how the off-screen meeting went when it came up with who got the honor of hosting the meeting of Sir Emmerich and our character? The observatory people, along with White Brim, heard Temple Knights and said, Oh, fuck no, since many of them seem to be dicks. Meanwhile, Hotchenfont would have totally pulled a Hermione Granger when he heard the meeting of the wall because we needed to get his wall fixed. Wall? What's a wall? What? Warrior of Light. Oh, Warrior of Light, right. Uh, when the uh, BS at the end of 2.55 happens, he gives us some encouraging words. And hot cocoa. And a place to stay until we can be brought into the city. He'd even have to come check in on how we were doing with his youngest half-brother out in the Sea of Clouds, but I'm sure many of us were thankful. When he saw Bismarck, he not only realized how big most of the other primals we fought were, but also knew it was out of his league. He also became even more in awe of us, which made him love us even more. Who came to our aid to stop the fighting when the false attack by the heretics happened? You guessed it, Harch and Font. The man had nice timing again during our fight against the Heaven's Ward. Now, I know some say his death post-vault was telegraphed. Sure, I also thought that something bad was going to happen, but not then. More like sometime between the first and second boss or the second and third boss of the vault, we were going to get a cutscene of us getting a, getting a link shell buzz by Lucia while they were freeing Emmerich and that he would have died there. The only thing about his death I want to know is what the fuck was his shield made out of, since it seemed to last for a bit. Also, according to some of the official forums, when 3.0 was fresh in the German version of the game, our relationship with him was closer, and actually a thing was going to go even further if he hadn't died. Again, in that same thread, I guess Harchenfart was a bit more flamboyant and lewd back in 1.0, but since I didn't play back then, I can't find any evidence, and I don't know what to think. His death versus sales or Moonbreeders, is more touching to me because, well, for we didn't get to spend a lot of time with Moonbreeder, Along with the build-up up to her death, we got reminded that it would probably take a lot of Aether to kill an Asian. So when I, it looked like Nabrialis was going to escape, the spunky Scion, who was going to probably die anyways, went hell no, and did the one thing most probably saw coming a mile away. Even when I figured out that this is how it was going to play out, I didn't want it to, and I begged at my screen for her not to. With Ysale's death, I also kind of saw it coming, due to who she was fighting. I even said to my husband while we were watching the CS, she has this as long as she doesn't turn her back. Two seconds later, I see on his screen her doing so, giving us that smile right before the Garleans shoot her in the back. I said what I had said because of how the Garleans are. They just come off like a bunch of dicks who would shoot a person in the back like that, primal or not. Now this doesn't mean I pulled in a Nero and didn't cry, because I did. I still wanted to see her in Astinian to have that happy ending. Heck, I ran run around in game a lot with her minion, just ask Saskiot. If you're on Midgar Sormer and want an LBR LS, just send me or Saskiot a tell and we will hook you up. Ooh, I really like the last episode, uh, even if some people felt 
that you failed at knowing the true definition of metagaming. Sorry for the book of an email. And you're right, I do think a lot of people forget just how much uh, Harsh and Fart was in the story, but... Uh, yeah, but it's because he never really left that room. Like, I'm thinking mm -hmm. back on it, and there was a lot of quests where we'd have to go to Corthus and talk to him, and he'd send us a certain way, and he was like our friend. But until Heaven's Ward launched, he... Like, I barely remembered who he was simply because he was just an NPC that I talked to and moved on. Yep. Um, so, it, it, and I think Heaven's Ward in general, like we talked about with the Scions getting more background, I think in general is getting better at story... Um, plot uh, storytelling in general so I think back in in general just from 2.0 there wasn't a lot of connection and so a lot of us don't don't feel it mm-hmm and now he's dead and now and, he's dead and now we'll never get that connection that we long for no because he's won't. dead well we're gonna kill him again when he becomes Ixion Alright, three more emails to go, and we're actually over the three-hour mark now. Oh my gosh, even with just yeah. three of us. I didn't yep, know if we'd be able to do it. Yep, even with just three of us. Yep. Um, Nika, right, go ahead. I'll take the next one then. Um, Alright, hello, LVR. Oh wait, no, I need this one. Oh, you want this one? Take <laughs> yes, it. I want go this ahead. one, because I read go this ahead. guy last time. Take Hi, LVR. Bahamut Fury of Gilgamesh here, and man, have I a, a bone to pick with the guy who wrote you guys you that skipped, last... You skipped one, that's why. Huh? Did I? Sure yeah. did. That's not the one I was going to read. Oh, right. The John Cena one. All right, go ahead. Read the John Cena one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is actually really funny. Um, hello, LBR. Uh, John Chinera here, not John Cena. And his name is John Chinera! John Chinera! Um, I am writing to reply to what was briefly discussed the past two episodes about Paladin being broken. Okay, this is an email for me. Here we go. First off, I started playing FF14 back in 1.0 when my little brother offered to pay for my first six months to play the game with him, and I've been hooked ever since. My main job since then has always been Paladin, and my little brother's job has always been White Mage. The past two episodes, your show has discussed that because Paladin is broken and why people prefer to take Warriors and Dark Knights to make up for the 1% enraged wipes. You also discussed that Alexander Savage's tight DPS checks included not just DPS from the DPS jobs, but the combined DPS of all jobs, including healers and tanks. If this is true, then the DPS checks have included the everyone jobs DPS, then Paladin is not completely at fault. Uh, after Final Fantasy released Esoteric and Alex Savage gear, my little brother was all pissed off. Did you know that none of the endgame gear for healers have one point of accuracy on it? Yes, <laughs> and my healers bitch about that all the time. Um, he says, no weapon, no chest piece, not even a ring as a single point of accuracy. My little brother used to be able to run all the level 50 dungeons and DPS with his white mage, but since he reached level 60 and started to get the higher eye level gear, now he misses in level 50 dungeons, let alone <laughs> the level 60 ones. This is very true, by the way. He thinks he misses around 50% of the time in level 60 dungeons. Now, I have not done Alex Savage yet, but if it's anything like Coil, then the accuracy needed in Alex must be higher than the level 60 dungeons. Any good healer that notices won't waste MP on a spell that is iffy on a hit or miss. So if Square Enix did put all of those DPS checks with all jobs in mind, then why shouldn't they give healers that gear that will make them stand proud and say, now we can out DPS Paladins once again? What do you think? And if I am wrong in anything, please let me know, John Trenera of Sargatanas. Okay, now for starters, I do a lot of DPS as White Mage in level 60 dungeons, and I do not miss with arrow three. Do you have full SO gear though? Because it's the SO gear that starts taking away the accuracy. It's like uh, SO and uh, maybe Alexander or Alexander Normal. I just know a lot of Heaven's Ward gear, especially like the end game gear, has no accuracy, and so our healers are always bitching about missing. I feel like that's a really big oversight if all like 2.0 gear had accuracy on it, and then suddenly there is none. 
Yeah, I feel like they mentioned it briefly in a live letter or in a letter from the, like something on the forum saying like, oh, we're not saying that healers shouldn't DPS. This is just the gear we're giving you. None of my something. gear like, has any accuracy and whatsoever. You can check me right now. And I don't miss in uh, level 60 dungeons, not to the point where I notice it. Yeah, I don't think it's 50%. That seems a bit much. That um, is I, how you say exaggerating. Wow. All right. All right. So moving on then. <laughs> here goes the good email. Hi, LBR. Bahamut Fury of Gilgamesh here. And man, oh, have didn't, I... You, a didn't, you didn't say the little emotes. There's all those right? emoticons there. Yeah, you got to say them. <laughs> it's <laughs> no. like a, a kissy face cigarette. Probably because supposed to be weed and then okay. And okay I think he's saying that he's 420 friendly. Bahamut Fury of Gilgamesh here, and man, I have a bone to pick with the guy who wrote you guys last week saying that they are tired of hearing you guys begging for money. <laughs> Let me school this fool for you guys and shed some light. Let's use Nika for example. From what I gather, she's a teacher, so she's most likely working Monday through Friday, so on her day off, she's probably spending three plus hours making entertainment for your stingy ass. Not to mention the prep she has to do for the show in the middle of the week. Nikki doesn't do that, we do. I'm sure there's a lot... <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot more she'd rather be doing on a Sunday night, especially being married. You know what I'm doing with my wife on my days off? Obviously, definitely not trying to entertain 25,000 plus people. Just saying. And that's just one of the members of the crew. So think about that next time you want to complain about them advertising their business. It's how the world works, dumbass. The reason you're listening to the show every week is because people donate. Otherwise, you end up with a State of the Realm type snoozers like last week's State of the Realm episode. Oh, shots fired. No, no offense, Mr. Happy, if you hear this. Still love your shit, bro. But this was the type of player that I was talking about last time I emailed. Bunch of pussies that won't try Savage and only do crafting. Ha ha ha. Lame. <laughs> anyway, that's just my new, my two cents. Have fun, guys. Keep up the good work and fuck the haters. Nutter's gonna nut. Feel free, LBR crew, to drop by my lonely stream anytime to say hi at twitch.tv darkseed44. Take care and hi, Nika. <laughs> Whoa, oh, you know, he's got a point and, and today is actually Senpai's birthday So I do have something better we could be doing right now Senpai's birthday Well, one yeah. more email and then we will let you get back to Senpai's birthday so, but, but, but yeah, so thanks for that email and hi <laughs> Hi, 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 hi <laughs> Alright, Nick, you want to take this last one? Sure all right, this is from Al Aladtor TGN from Phoenix Server. They say, hey, all at LBR, I'll unfortunately be missing today's show due to work, but know your old episodes I have downloaded to my iPod will be what gets me through a long shift. Anyway, I wanted to ask on what your thoughts are on cheating. Lately on the Reddit, there were people saying that committing suicide to bypass a very hard mechanic was cheating. This is new to me because at least as I recall, no one had a problem with using the little pit to deal with dive bombs in T5. How do we know that this is cheating or merely cheesing? Should using hollowed ground for swift liberation be frowned upon? Finally, in relation to this, what does everyone think of moonwalking? It is basically assigning a button on your mouse to spam the face target keybon, giving you all the benefits of lock-on with none of the downsides. Bear in mind this works in PvP too, apparently. My personal opinion is that I've not seen anything I'd personally consider cheating, just interesting strategies which makes the game all the better, but I'm interested to see what you guys think. Keep up the good work. Um, Aladdor TGN from Phoenix. Hmm. Um, uh, is there I don't a different way? 
second moonwalking thing is. So, I, okay, so I guess if you lock onto the boss, like you're you're locked into moving in a circle around the boss, right, and you're right. always facing the boss. So I guess you can spam a macro that literally hits the face target, so it turns your character and faces the boss, but you can still move freely. Oh. Oh. Um, Interesting. So I actually have never heard of anyone doing that. I haven't either. Um, as either. for the first part, though, we kind of briefly touched on a little bit earlier, but again, that's something that, that, that we're going to save for, for a future show, have the whole crew together, because I, I'm sure that we're going to get some really, really interesting and fiery discussions. Right, although it. I didn't think that do, using the pit to deal dive bombs was, I thought that was, like, the strategy. Like, did people actually run around to avoid dive bombs in T5, or I thought, like, running down into that pit and running out was, like, the only strategy. I have no idea. I don't really think that I have enough uh, experience with T5 in general to, to, to know one way or another. So That's, that's just the metagame of T5. That's the T5 metagame. That's right. <laughs> yep. Yeah. All right, guys. So that's all for us today. We ran a little late, which I think we have to cut some slack uh, on a Nero now because we actually had a day-to-day -day where we could have got out of here in like a decent amount of time, and we still did the LBR shuffle. Well, I'm going to blame the asshole who made this outline, because there's like 800 fucking things on here. Well, maybe somebody else could have uh, helped with the outline then. Hey, I added like two things to it. Oh, okay. Well, if you added two things... But then again, I'm, that I'm makes it even longer, two. so... You did, Well, yeah. well, well, well two things do not give you producer status, Nika. <laughs> yeah, I know, but speaking of, you know, how much does Nika do during the week, how many times have I been a producer of the last, like, five, six episodes? Shut your face. She's oh, helping. Nine. She's helping. So, from all of us here at Limit Break Radio, uh, I am Kahlo Landis, of course, with me, my right-hand man, juxtaposition, our intern, Nika Kayanian, and uh, off having fun and doing all kinds of other real-life things, Aniro Grigori and uh, Escala Rayumasa, we bid you farewell from Limit Break Radio, the new world order. Limit Break Radio is a production of LimitBreakRadio.com and Bender Media Productions. Today's episode was produced by Kahlo Landis, Nika Kayanian, and Juxtaposition. Final Fantasy XIV and Eorzea are trademarks of Square Enix. Funding for Limit Break Radio is provided by Miri Kennett, Scry De La Rosa, Zurian Urexen, Satori Komeji, Karkwin Elbarn, Rajan Nelka, and fellow Limit Break Radio listeners. To support Limit Break Radio, visit patreon.com slash limitbreakradio. Opening music in this episode from Daniel Lambie. Listen to Man with the Machine Gun and other great tracks at facebook.com slash Daniel Lambie Metal Gamer. Closing music in this episode provided by Husky by the Geek. Listen to this and other great Final Fantasy XIV and video game rock covers and original music at facebook.com slash husky by the geek. In-game graphics for Limit Break Radio's Twitch stream are provided by Diamond Multimedia. Check out their line of AMD graphics cards and other hardware at diamondmm.com. Limit Break Radio and its hosts are solely responsible for its content.